we, I have with me here Albert, who is from the US, and uh, we have been basically exchanging notes about the pandemic, about what each of us are going through in our own countries, and what kind of similarities we see, because we both are also kind of governed by the far right politics at this point in time. Um, I think Albert had some amazing insights to give me in terms of um, being. you know right in the midst of the pandemic the eye of the storm at this point in time in ways uh, in terms of us and at an india level we are still learning we are kind of you know learning from our peers who are ahead of the curve in uh, you know ahead of us in ways so this is going to be a very very insightful session for people in america who are basically wanting to get more and more information and kind of cut out the misinformation and also talk about some of the basic basic things that albert has on his mind at the same time this is going to be super super interesting also for indians who basically want to know uh, what it is to be like <laughs> to be where they are at at 600000 infections in us and um, go through the various issues you know starting from your fiscal issues to your physical issues to what is it that we have in store um so albert uh, with that shoot get started about what do you feel what what do you want to get started with Uh well yeah, I mean so I I really like the uh um so in in our previous conversation uh, a while back that like the unofficial back notes I guess let's say but I so you you brought up something that I really uh, found uh, pretty interesting and it's kind of a template that I'm using to uh, going forward as as a way to um think about the covid um let, let's sure. say the the history or or the, or the trajectory of of covid and how it's sort of um uh reached or or changed societies and and sort of affected all kinds of uh, uh things and brought countries to its standstill basically economically uh etc so um so this this i was thinking in my mind about this as being something like uh what what can we think about um uh, about the future or the the or what kind of projections are we able to think about or anticipate going forward um when it comes to covid um to try to adjust before it's too late um so, in terms of in terms of like back to basics is this the conversation with you talking referring to yeah yeah absolutely so so uh, so one of the things um i think one of the things that uh, that i meant, uh, that, that i was talking about is is basically so to, to start off um the um the tendency and I, you know you know more about the other countries because you've been kind of looking at more countries than i have and i've only had the experience here of the us but one sure. of the things i noticed uh, is that um initially in the first uh, let's say few weeks um of the pandemic here when when it kind of became like a uh a household name where people started saying wait coronavirus coronavirus um <laughs> there was a there was a tendency um or let, let's say official sort of guidelines that were given by i believe the cdc was one of them yes and then uh, people like michael osterhoff Oster, osterhoff i think that's his name uh he he used to work for the um I believe he used to work for a couple of uh presidential administrations in the US uh, okay. homeland security maybe um and he he went on the on the most famous podcast in the world or the top like one of the most famous podcasts in the world with the with the highest number of listeners um that's the Joe Rogan podcast he was on there uh that podcast that podcast I believe had 10 million views um I'm not sure within if it's within 24 hours or or what but it was it was one of the most viewed YouTube uh videos um that that week um maybe that month uh that um that video was basically uh a massive public service announcement uh i would say when it comes to covid it might have been the 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 most massive public service announcement um in the world 
Um, and so a lot of people saw this man speak, and he, he's a, uh, uh, I believe he's an expert on, on infectious diseases. And so he said, one of the things he said, uh, Joe Rogan asked him, hey, you know, so what about the masks? What about the gloves? What about, what about all that? And mm-hmm. he went under and he said, he's, he basically downplayed the, the importance of wearing masks, which, which back, I mean, I listened to this, a lot of people did, and, and everybody was like, oh, wow, like, so, so there's almost like no um, effect um, or no, no sort of uh, protection or significant protection or additional protection that the masks uh, can provide us. So um, that, I, th- I think that was a massive, massive uh, oversight. And, and, and I have to think that this was, this was deliberate. Uh, so th- this is a problem yeah. because when, I mean, when you go on such a massive platform and you like, and you give, uh, or you put misinformation out there, it, you know, it basically changes the whole uh, dynamic of uh, on the ground of, of how people respond or prepare for uh, the type of things that, 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 that come or the, the things that came. Uh, so I would say mm, that was pretty criminal in some sense. Um, and, but the good thing is, I mean, in some sense, like the fact that he did it, that he said that, and we can look at the history and sort of look back and say, wait, why did they, did they do that? This is, so this is kind of what I want to get into is basically what is it that, or, or maybe the ethical implications, but, but also like the, as a matter of policy, why, 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 why the, um, the, the governments or, or the state basically um, decides on a certain uh, public relations campaign to um, uh, adjust for maybe like the supply of the masks or, or I mean, because I, I, I think that's probably where it came from. It was basically, they were probably freaking out that they, they weren't going to have enough, enough masks for hospitals. So they wanted yeah. to downplay the importance. So, so I, that's kind of what I, what I want to get into uh, to start. So uh, actually, right, um, I think apart from, and, and thank you for, by the way, uh, pointing me to Joe Rogan. I have been <laughs> watching his, uh, or rather listening to his episodes now. And it is, it is amazing, by the way. It opens up your minds in very different ways. Um, apart from that, I saw even Obama. And I think one of the big CDC guys about literally a, a, a panic tweet in uh, in caps saying, please stop buying masks. Hello? 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 Hi, can you hear me now? Hi, I can hear you perfectly. Uh, How about you? I can hear you perfectly too, and we are recording. Yeah. Let's do it. So I, I, I think it was good that I got to say the the first big chunk because I think you can de- you can then kind of like uh, you know edit it or whatever. But yes, yeah, so I that, that was. Mm-hmm. So we were basically talking about the trajectory of the masks and why was it that we were told what we were told about not wearing masks, right? And um, right. the way I was thinking of it is that I think it was also a means of countries not being aware and hence not stockpiling or rather being aware and not taking it seriously and not stockpiling and as a result when we came right into the midst of it we did run out of masks and did all they could do was by then tell people do not buy masks because what they wanted to actually tell people was the stockpile that we have is very very low we'd rather send this to the frontline workers who are currently the most exposed to it so how about you make your own mask that movement only came about in march and not until march we wasted time between jan and feb uh, telling people to not wear masks at all and then finally getting to the trajectory that oh my god okay no you got to wear masks 
but just make your own mark don't buy into the stockpile that we already have uh-huh right 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 um so so that, i mean that's definitely that that is that has i mean i i i'm sure there's differences uh, probably massive differences between the way that 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 infrastructure or the availability of masks is in india versus here um yeah i, I do i do see a lot of uh i mean there, here there's been a lot of uh um you know public or uh, i've seen pr campaigns or 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 just public statements that talk about like maybe uh like little guides on how to turn regular household items or or certain things into masks or uh PPE protective protective equipment uh personal protective equipment um and so i mean that, that's um i i mean it's i mean i'm i'm not sure how to uh view that or respond to that i mean i think it's i think it's a good thing um because then it kind of gives people the option to uh create their own stuff and and you know it's it's a i guess there's no choice right so so people making their own masks and and sort of uh doing that it's it's probably a, it's a good um it's a good thing but it's also it all, it also highlights the 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 inadequacy of or the preparedness i guess yeah pandemic preparedness i think we saw pandemic. most far right yeah i saw we saw most far right countries fail spectacularly at pandemic preparedness uh you know like for example countries like south korea um you know your justin dardon from uh, new zealand angela merkel from germany um they have done a fabulous job of being consistent with their information being transparent with their information being very firm and taking the pandemic seriously so that it's not about just getting the stockpile prepared but it is also about getting people prepared in the country which is i think what the far right governments are quite badly and spectacularly failing at because they took did not take it seriously for so long that not only were they not uh, you know able to kind of you know put up the infrastructure that was required in the midst of the pandemic to get everything going but even people preparedness was something that they missed out on and as a result you're seeing a whole lot of problems you know basically come out of that like i saw yesterday about the protest that happened in michigan and it's just similar things happening in india as well uh-huh uh-huh so so um overall we, you know we've been we've been sort of touching on on the on the um the public policy side or the or the government's uh, treatment or or uh uh dissemination of information uh about um uh, the public health or updates that then that then they um they like a drip right like 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 a little bit comes out and more comes out and more comes out but they're not um mm, so okay so let, let let's go here i think that um what you said about germany and other countries that are handling this better i mean that that's definitely um those countries and and their strategies and something about their system might be something to contrast um against the the, uh, the quote unquote far far right countries uh of which uh you know I'm <laughs> I'm not so sure that uh, that I'm I'm able to exclude the US from that one I mean so sorry guys but <laughs> to my countrymen to my countrymen and my people I think we're we're on the we're, so so we're we're uh both both of our political parties um are basically right wing parties uh just one of them um is is uh you know uh pro choice or anti abortion Uh, I I heard a joke that uh that uh it always stuck with me it was basically it was it's oversimplified but it basically basically said uh the democrats are just republicans that are pro choice I mean everything else mostly they kind of agree on on the big stuff war etc but I mean that's besides yeah. so um but I I think so what what are some of the contrasts that you that you would highlight 
in terms of um, let's say the built-in uh, nature of these countries that are that are responding to this in, in the in in in, be, in a better manner, contrasting contra, uh, contrasted with the other countries with the other countries. Uh, trust in government. I think that's one of the biggest things that I would talk about. Um, if you typically see um, anyone on the far right, far right governments essentially. they like otherizing people uh, their strategy is to always create a bogeyman and kind of you know say that oh my god that person is the reason for you losing your job for you losing your money for you losing your house and for you losing your life essentially i mean it's blame 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 uh, when right. it's actually governmental policies that actually you know kind of affect us on a day to day life that people don't really realize and understand so what happens is that because of this otherization there's a whole lot of polarization that gets created in a country because of this polarization and because of seeing the government stance not on very scientific and economic terms but on more of a rhetoric and you know hate mongering and fear mongering and otherizing kind of a thing um, a lot of people actually lose trust in the government that is the government's intention to do the right thing for me or will the government use this to do their own thing and i think that was that is one of the biggest problems that we are seeing in countries where like a, a new zealand or a south korea or a, a, you know a germany where people are willing to give their information to for contact tracing because they know that that's not going to turn into surveillance and something darker and more sinister whereas here right. in india we are not able to trust the government they they, they launched the app arogya setu it's called by the way uh, about 2 days back and it is already clo- uh, cro- clocked about 5 crore downloads and many of us are not on it because we are scared we can't trust the government anymore we don't know what they're going to do with that information we don't know if it will affect our citizenship in the country it's come to that mm-hmm. and that becomes a very right. problem with far right guys kind of controlling the, na- the the pandemic because you're not able to create that feeling of trust that hey i'm your government there is a pandemic right. i'll do everything in my power to make sure that us citizens are taken care of you do everything in your power to cooperate with us and that basic link of understanding and cooperation is missing okay so this is this is very interesting because i've i've actually been thinking about the uh so um again i don't i'm not super familiar with with a lot of the other countries but i have seen some of these things you're talking about about the response in other in other uh the, the countries that are faring better um and so largely i think i mean i think what you just said kind of uh and and you know what what do you think about this like i mean i think of it like like uh like those countries are are uh, treating this quite uh, as a crisis uh, uh from 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 a place of public service let's say um i know that sounds corny again again if i say but, public service yeah, to most americans most, most but, but it be all well, yeah. yeah well i think that, well the contrast between uh public service versus uh, it's a public service problem um or issue rather, like and so the other countries are treating it as a public relations problem because of the the nature uh, of the, the you know the the repressive nature um or maybe the authoritarian nature Yeah. Um um that that uh, so you uh, I'm so sorry I'm I'm my first podcast so I'm my my words no, and my ideas are not No do what think, you just said yeah. about the public service versus public relation that's bang on Albert that's exactly what's happening um countries that are treating it as a public service people trust in them people are cooperating the governments are cooperating it's a it's a you know how do you say it's a, it's a synergy between them people who governments that are looking at it as a pub- public relations uh, I, I, you know strategy 
uh, we can't trust them because we don't know what they're trying to spin or not spin and which is where the problems begin right and so um i uh right so i i think that um so, like some of the some of the stuff that i'm seeing uh, and this is this is why i'm 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 thinking of of this conversation we're having as 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 a uh, both a, an update on on where we are but also kind of trying to anticipate uh where where things might go um one of the, one of the things i uh we we spoke about before that that, that I want to mention is basically um the So, so so okay so that's good we, we kind of went over so so the 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 government's treatment of the inform the public information and the way that they they um they inform or sort of uh direct the the the, the people or the citizens um uh in order to respond to the pandemic as well so so i mean that and we're not, we haven't even gotten to the uh economic um implications of, of of any of this i mean that's a whole other um sidebar i guess but But um the so the, the next thing I mean so so one of the things I uh, I have been worrying about and this is something that I've been I've actually been actively looking for this angle as far as um something that I could see mainstream media here or or some big outlet or some kind of a uh look yeah, like a big outlet where people are kind of looking like uh, that's got a lot of followers or, or that's got um um let's say a big voice um I haven't seen this address very very much. I mean maybe, maybe I'm not looking I'm not really good at looking for it. But so the one thing I've been thinking about is basically um the the internet. So so the internet is a, a very crucial it has been uh, not only a very crucial tool for learning about this uh, disease um um uh, but also for people but also to stay informed um but also it's uh you know we, we needed to be able to track um things like uh Uh, one of the things you mentioned was like the symptoms I didn't know this but you mentioned this last last time it was basically that some of the symptoms that we know about are basically um uh search engine uh aggregate aggregate search engine data absolutely from Google right so so and we're going to touch on that in, in a bit uh, uh, later on on the, on the next one but on the next uh, section I think but yeah. but so one of the things that that I that I worry about is that basically um so right now a lot of cell phone companies are doing um uh like a like a grace period or extended uh grace periods on repayment or pass to payments uh and they're they're basically like I mean I have T-Mobile here um and some some uh I'm sure other companies are doing this as well but so yeah. they in my case I believe I believe they gave me I don't know if it's 60 or 90 days I should really find out if it's 60 or 90 days <laughs> but they gave me some um some a, 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 a nice chunk of time uh to repay them uh or or before they start you know shutting off the service etc so one of the um my things that I'm trying to anticipate here um is what what would happen or what will happen or will it even happen would would the go- would the government step in at that point and kind of uh you know uh sort of coerce or force these companies um to to keep the services going uh because what i worry about is that uh in two or three months here in this country um if people do not pay their bill uh for their cell phone uh and even even if even if uh, they pay maybe let's say the past but the you know some of some of the companies are have been pretty ruthless in the past they just shut off your service so what's going to happen if a massive number of people start losing their internet um service and then they're not able to keep up with updates uh quarantine uh guidelines etc yeah i mean this is honestly of i mean internet is i consider it a basic right i think life is not possible right. without internet anymore it is as important as food water shelter <laughs> you know that level and um, it's something that i worry too because uh, in india you have an additional dilemma of not only uh, that the government so, so the way you guys have gotten your 
60 or 90 days of you know like deferment right of the payments um in india yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we are basically paying uh, every month there has been no deferment on the payments so we already are quite scared about the fact that um okay we the middle class the upper middle class can still manage say for 3 4 say even 5 months what about people yeah. after that and what about the people who are in the rural areas who are already losing their internet or who are already losing their phone they can't even get food to eat for god's sake so for them internet is on, honestly it becomes the first world problem at this point in time but uh, apart from that the other extra challenge that india faces is um the government shutting down the internet in india uh we have had internet shutdowns in fact we are the one country in the world that has had the maximum number of internet shutdowns even more than iran can you believe that we've had wow. a, yeah we wow. have exactly so we've had basically wherever there have been riots or i would not say riots this is basically government pushed propaganda and a whole lot of civil disobedience and throughout the civil disobedience or a lot of high, heavy-handed measures and excesses by the police by paramilitary forces which are also under the government and by other militias that is under the government the hindu militias as we call them hindutva militias these areas yeah. whenever there is a conflict that breaks out that entire state goes dark on internet and one of such uh, states that has gone dark since the august 5 2019 is jammu and kashmir even now they just get 2g services which is so slow and so bad and most people don't even get that and there are already infections in that state so i worry that what are we going to do there have been a lot of appeals a lot of been court cases and stuff that have been pushed to the supreme court saying that you know at the time of pandemic internet should be restored in jammu and kashmir this is high time but not much movement we've seen on it and it worries me because without that i don't know where we what we do so so here okay so here, so I, i i i hope to the listeners to the millions of listeners that are going to be listening to this um i hope that um they um that they don't they don't think i'm a conspiracy nut or or uh, or, <laughs> or or a conspiracy weirdo when i so this next thing i'm going to say i'm going to say and t- so again so we've been talking about sort of projecting the future or trying to think of possible uh, possibilities uh both good and bad that might come up um given the the shifting territory um that we encounter so when it comes to the internet and to losing or having blackouts um and you know this probably applies to uh, both countries too i mean g- given uh, what what we said before about about the uh, the the authoritarian uh tendencies um so here i mean i think that um i mean what I, so whenever i think of any uh, public public policy issue or or sort of problem I always come back to um the uh Ram Emanuel. So Ram Emanuel uh, was I believe he was a, a Chicago yeah. mayor. Yeah. Uh so he uh he also served in the Obama administrator administration. Um so he famously said um and and he was in the media he was basically kind of a uh, um ridiculed and and uh for for saying this but he said he said uh uh I don't know if it was an interview but he said basically quote um never let a good crisis go to waste. Okay? And that's a, that's a, he He didn't say, that's not his original saying cuz I think okay. it's older than that and you know I forget who said it but yeah. basically it just means that when when a new when a new uh sort of a uh a new territory shift happens or a new crisis or a new sort of problem or set of conditions uh becomes uh you know manifest um the government governments look for ways to um 
to use that. I mean, both in, in <laughs> hopefully crossing my fingers, hopefully in good ways and in bad ways, and in, 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 in let's say in uh, benevolent ways, yeah. uh, geez, or, or in uh, nefarious ways, to be able to. Uh, I think that the, the main goal is basically to maintain control, because that's that's what it is. Like the, the the main thing they worry about is how can I keep maintain control or my grip on power, and that's like I think that's how they operate. Um, I would say that that, that uh, maintaining control and power is basically um, the government's like oxygen, basically. So um, when thinking about internet and and the possibility of losing um, internet access, I'm thinking something along the lines of uh, what if I was what if I was working in government and I was kind of one of these guys that that gets bought out by lobbyists and does does their bidding. So what I would do is. I would say, okay, so I'm sorry, guys, like the citizens, like, I'm sorry, you guys, you guys lost your internet, you didn't pay your bills, uh, we didn't give you UBI or any kind of uh, uh, effective relief measures, uh, and or, or, or we did to some of you, but then everybody that's poor or like a certain amount of people uh, are, all, are, all, are all now basically excluded. Uh, uh, from this, uh, from internet access. So, what I would do then is say, okay, so don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna, I'm, we're gonna provide um, hotspots. So we're gonna, we're gonna put park some vans or some plate uh, or some, some uh, devices everywhere, distribute them in, in the places that are that are uh, missing the internet. And so then anybody can just sort of uh, go on the internet or make calls off of our Wi-Fi that we're gonna be providing. But then, so then this is where it gets. Uh, I mean, it could either. So then, so then. The citizens might be uh, might have no choice. First of all, they might have no choice, and they have to use it. But also, people are wary then of that that internet. <laughs> Although oddly, they shouldn't be because the, their telecommunications companies uh, give all the information anyway to the government. So it's not really it's not really any different uh, or scarier uh, if the government just outright said, "Oh, here, here's our internet. Internet, use it." Uh, and then we ask, "What are you going to do with the information? What are you going to do with all that you know all that data?" And then they say, well, don't worry about it. I mean, we're giving you internet. Don't ask questions, okay? So that's that's one of the uh, things that I think about as a possibility uh, if that happens. I mean, obviously, if the if the government then says, or before that happens, if if the government says, okay, like like let's let's pa- pass a law or legislation or, or some measure or executive order to uh, you know force the hand of the the internet providers and the carriers. To you know, continue doing, uh, uh, giving people service without without making uh, money or without the the payments. And we'll, and you know, and actually the pattern might be that they will they they will do that, but then they'll just bail them out again. So they'll 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 uh, they'll just give them a bailout, right? They'll just give them a couple trillion dollars or, or, or half a billion dollars or, or something. Um, so I don't know. What do you think? What, what do you think about? Yes, a very very actually since you brought this up, right? I remember. Um, going back to this episode by John Oliver where um, he talks about the internet penetration in the US and he talks about and the reason why I say this is coming from my tech background right there are various ways of actually these days getting internet or getting information um, one is your whatever the stipulated the wiring the earthing and all of that then you also have your mesh network system have come up which is each of us powering each other in our area's internet. It's kind of like a bite by bite it goes. It, it bounces off every network connected phone that is around. Then uh, John Oliver also talked about uh, a lot of these, especially the disenfranchised and the marginalized areas and the rural the panhandle areas of US, 
um getting really really bad uh, internet connectivity so what they started doing was they actually started getting uh, school bus hotspots so that the kids could literally study because they were not right. able to study after after school but the issue with right. that was the lobbying from the same your Verizon to your T-Mobile and all of them basically basically went ahead and squashed that they had to literally take the buses away they wouldn't allow it and which is where i feel that dependency on thinking that the government is going to pass a law and say oh you have to do it versus them actually doing it is something that i'm not so sure unless i mean you know like things are so bad down the drain that they have to do it but apart from that maybe uh, there have to be interesting hacks that we have to be ready with so that we don't necessarily always think that okay the government is going to pass the rule and then we're going to go and get that done and then life becomes easier uh, that's a whole lot of uh, you know that's a rosy picture that may or may not come true so uh, right. we have, in india because of this in unique problem that we face right we've actually been also a lot of startups have been looking at uh, sat your satellite connections actually to basically mm-hmm. power pockets of your areas and from there we start getting the information out and the connections out google itself was doing the whole balloon project of providing uh, free internet right so that internet right, right. becomes completely democratized all over but again google also dr- uh, you know got into problems got into a lot of troubles with this various other governments because internet is something that the government has essentially always wanted to control uh, they think that that's the way that's a pipeline of information and that information if they have control on that's essentially having in control on uh, literally a channel of media so this is i think the time that there are hackers and stuff who come together and start thinking about these problems because i, I don't believe that if depending on the government alone is going to give us solutions for this we have to have to look at alternative methods put up get a brightest mind together to create some channels of innovation where and these are available this is not something like groundbreaking that oh my god if we do this like that's it there are channels available right, right. like apple was working on something quite similar where even if your internet gets cut off you're still able to you know use or 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 uh, you know browse some information on the phone and this was especially because they were very alarmed by the number of countries that governments that were cutting internet by that were shutting down internet following india and uh, uh, tech companies or tech minds have to basically come to the people's rescue here in waves they will be a faster source of solutions for us than the government right right uh, um so on that on that note uh, I, I, one of the things you said kind of uh I'm backtracking a little bit here but um one of the so we I think we touched on this too um the the internet as a as a right so as a as a almost I mean I'm not sure if the term would be like a human right but but almost but but treat, treating the internet as a um a basic necessity that that's is treated as a utility yeah. uh rather 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 than an expensive uh, uh privilege um so it's it's we need it for you know to find jobs we need it for oh wow quarantine updates a timely crucial may or may not be misinformation from the government uh, <laughs> updates um that that people need um and so the moment you take that away is it, it basically you're putting you're putting people's lives at risk in a sense uh but by, by doing that and then uh so so the, so this whole i mean this whole uh i have to kind of step back a little bit here and think about the uh the whole pandemic like uh, the, the the staggering number of um grounds or ground shifts that are going on right now because there's so many 
there's so many big, big, big um, changes everywhere, like a chain reaction that's happening currently. And so, like these are this is why we have this little uh, all these bullet points is that there's so many uh, little domains or places where where the ground is totally like shifted is different than it was like uh, three four months ago um so but this is one of them so i think i think that uh, this crisis is kind of revealing how um wh- what what the governments of the world have um see as, as priorities i guess so it's a, it's a case-by-case basis obviously over there in india there's a different um um probably different set of policies or different stands uh, on certain things than, than, than here and then contrast that with like Germany and other places that are treating the, the, that are doing uh, better yeah. uh, when it comes to the pandemic but uh, so I think um, some of the things that people should be uh, calling for because I mean right now I think that um, is, people basically that, need um, to be um, that India is, cannot get a, a better bailout is, is it just a matter of um, the government's not able to um, to do it like they don't they don't have uh, I'm not really sure how the Indian system is like here the government just like the, the, the Federal Reserve and uh, the Treasury basically they just they just print money and they just they just change some number in the in the little computer and and, and then somebody's account has a uh, trillion dollars now so that's one thing that uh, that they so what, what is it like in, in India why, why what's the dynamic there with the ability to get the bailout or not Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, I had like some alarm. Sorry, it's some alarm in the background. I'm gonna turn it off. No problem. Uh, let, let, me, let me rephrase that. I'm sorry, that was distracting. But let me let me rephrase that one more time. So so the the so where why why can't India get more bailout for the for the uh, a bigger bailout? Uh, but also, um, is it is it something like India has to basically borrow money to do this from other places? Um, or what what is that like? Um, so basically, there are two things to it. Only U.S. can print the kind of money they can keep printing because uh, other countries, it's the petrodollar economy, right? People are buying and selling right. across countries using your USD currency, and which honestly is, is something that you guys should be extremely worried about, worried about now because all countries are now offloading their foreign reserves, which means that the day this whole lot of money that the Fed is printing and printing and printing hits back the Worthless, economy. Right? Yeah, you guys are going to have inflation that is worse than Venezuela. <laughs> like, I'm sorry to say, it is hyper. Yeah, I, 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 again, I'm not, I'm no expert, but I've heard the, the word hyperinflation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, this is, this is. Uh, so let me let, little sidebar here, like little, little sidebar. I, I want to get back to the India, um, to, to the India question or the uh, the in, the dynamics in India, but ju- just just so you're kind of. Uh, um, I'll give you a little bit of a story. So I talked to a friend um, who shall shall not be named. Um, I don't even. I shouldn't even say friend. I, I talked to a contact um, somebody, and um, they they basically. Um, I said, well, you know, this bailout, like what's happening is is pretty. Um, it, it's it's pretty drastic. I mean, I've heard various places describe it basically as the largest um, upward transfer of wealth in in human history. Yeah. Um, so. All the stuff you're talking about. I mean, I heard some. I heard. Uh, I think it was uh, Dylan Radigan uh, on on the Jimmy Dore show, um, and he talked about this. He said basically that um, there's a possibility that with an extended depression, uh, the dollar just tanks. Uh, the value of the dollar just tanks. Uh, but but before that, I mean, right now, um, um, basically uh, because of, we have we have the, the start or the the ground for 
uh, a second Great Depression. During the Great Depression uh, here in this country in the 19, I think it was the, the 30s, um, the, the unemployment rate here was about four, 24, some numbers say 20, 23, some numbers say 24 point something, right? So somewhere, some, somewhere about a quarter unemployment. Um, but here, um, I hear, I mean, I hear projections, I'm not sure if this is updated, but I've heard 30 to 35% projected unemployment in the next quarter. And then our GDP is going to go down 15 to 20% um, in, in this quarter, I guess. Um, so um, that uh, so when I told a friend this, I said, well, this is uh, this just sets the ground for a consolidation of wealth that just keeps going up. And uh, people that were middle class are, are now going to basically uh, not be middle class anymore. I'm not sure what. So again, so half the country, half the country here, I think half the country here makes less than 30 30,000 a year actually so half the country's poor so um, a lot of people that think that think they're middle class um, are going to be going closer to the to the to the poverty uh, poverty line yeah. and uh, I mean so this person I talked to was kind of in denial they said well you know there's no it's going to blow over it's going to be a couple of weeks three four weeks and then it's going to recover and it's going to be fine and I'm not worried about it and so I, I don't know I, ju I just so that's So right now, a lot of, uh, well, it, this is the solving. I mean, that, that denial, I think, is starting to dissolve in people's uh, consciousness here because um, that same person I talked to again, and they were asking me, like, whoa, like, what, like what's going on? Like, how, how much longer do you think this is going to go? So um, uh, anyway, so let's get back to, the, to India. So uh, um, in, in your bailout, um, who, who's, getting that, who's getting that money? We call it non-bailout. Huh? Yes, I, I I always like to call it the not so stimulus package. It's not the, a stimulus oh the non-bailout. Yeah. yeah, the non the non. So so, so who, who who's getting who's getting that uh that non-bailout money? Like, where is that money going? There is no in, transparency. In there is no transparency. Honestly, that that question even I can't answer for you because uh, there is no transparency. Uh, there are some uh, so they're they're giving away free grains and stuff. So we have like a huge uh, amount of you know grains and stuff stored up uh, under the you know Food Corporation of India. That's the FCI, and they have access to the food, the grains of India. Now uh, people typically rations they get about five kgs that has been doubled up. But we've also heard a lot of on-ground reporting that uh, only rice is being given. Pulses, which is the main form of protein for the family, is not being given at this point in time. Um, so as a result, this money, the 2.2 billion dollars uh, bailout that has been given, that has been fashioned in such a way that this is not extra money that has essentially come out. Actually, I have the. So it's it, it's an interesting balance sheet of things if you were to look at it. Okay. Hold on one second. Mm -hmm. um, I have the yeah. I have the numbers handy for you, and this is a very very interesting thing for you to understand how our government is actually making making us you know taking us for a joyride. Uh, the Indian government is basically taking us for a joyride. So this is these are the promises that we're making. That sounds familiar. That sounds very familiar. Yeah, I, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm very sure. Yeah. So 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 basically, yeah. the first promise was. That the farmers, uh, they typically get some bonuses and stuff. Not bonuses, basically they get some uh, money, uh, aid from the government, right? So this aid is not something new, but what has happened is that this aid typically comes like around. So like they they don't give this aid very very on time. India is never doing things on time or giving away aid on time. They always take their own sweet time to get things done. So what was basically already a part of our budget for 2020. Has basically been repurposed into the stimulus. So this entire amount, 16,000 crores, 
which is about about uh, 16000 crore uh, is is uh, is how much in in usd i mean we can do the calculation the 16000 crores is essentially existing scheme and no additional benefit or cash out is being given then your daily wage workers like the construction guys and stuff they've increased the the, uh, the salary by 20 rupees now your one usd to inr is 78 rupees so it is not even one usd addition that is being given to them apart from that this is to people who are losing jobs so the minute they don't have jobs they can't make these wages anyway they don't even know how to make the 100% of the wages forget about the 20 rupees extra that is being added to it um they are also apparently giving us uh, them not us the formal sector is not getting any help if anything they are donating to them um they are basically giving about 1000 rupees which is close to about uh, again less than 10 dollars for 3 months to poor widows seniors and disabled okay which is about which comes to about 333 rupees per month and this is what people are putting up lines for that's how terrible the situation is then they're getting about about close to so in the, in the balance sheet of things right we got a stimulus of about actually the new stimulus which is your food grains and pulses uh women's accounts giving away some money 500 rupees which is gas cylinders the apparently provident funds and stuff which stands about at about 1 lakh crore and the rest 70000 crore which is the total that comes to 2.2 billion dollars is actually repurposing previous other budgeted incomes or budgeted expenses by the government so that's where we are at so which is why the formal sector we have been raising money for the poor while we are going through a cash crunch while we don't know how we are going to keep paying up rent we have been paying our maids for 2-2 months in advance we have been not we have been giving our employees 2-2 months salaries in advance we are also the government started a pm care fund which is i think one of the biggest disaster scams of the century like this will in the modern history of things the pm care fund that was started in india during this pandemic will be known as the largest disaster scam that has ever come into being this disaster scam is actually scamming people like us to give money but this money is not going to the public distribution systems which actually need the money to feed the poor so that they don't come out of their houses hungry and they don't get into food riot right, okay so this is okay so this is this this is parallel to some 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 stuff i've been seeing here and this is an ex- excellent sort of uh, uh, a point to contrast um or compare so Yeah. Right now, so this is one thing I've been worrying about, and I've been and so about two months ago, I would say to friend or people uh, that would listen, I would say, well, you know, um, the government has to do something because uh, um, the, the, they can't just they can't just like cut off people's uh, you know legs or, or they can't cut off people's uh, livelihoods and then expect that nothing's going to happen uh, like that no civil unrest is going to come uh, from that. So um, just I, a couple of days ago, I think I think it was Monday. Um, So this would be this would be uh god what is what is what is monday what is monday monday would be the 13th um yeah no wait yeah the 13th I think so so i think so they 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 announced um they announced um a uh basically these 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 uh, debit cards um for uh for citizens in the in Los Angeles County yeah um 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many counties are in, are in this, but I believe it's just the, the LA County. So, uh, Eric Garcetti, the mayor here, uh, he he announced this, and it was basically uh, a site where people could apply to get um, these prepaid uh, debit cards, so they could basically have money. And I think the numbers were something like there were different tiers, and they were there were different tiers. I think it was 750, and then it was 1,000, and then it was like uh, 1,500, something like that. Um, so I'm not sure what why there's tiers, um, but there, there there's some tiers, um, and it was basically it's a measure that um, is designed to uh, help people that are making less than, I believe it's less than $12,000 uh, a year. Yeah. So this would be basically the poorest people, the poorest people in LA County. And so then, so then that, this is kind of a very interesting parallel because, um, so the, go, so <laughs> the go- government listen to, they don't, so they don't listen to individuals. They listen uh, to trends and to movements and to ground shifts, like larger ground shifts. So definitely, definitely, the, the government is uh, worried uh, at, a, at a local level and beyond uh, about about civil unrest or about violence or about you know people breaking into places uh, to find food, which I think happened in Italy. And you, you probably know more about that. But I heard something about Italy. There were some there were some cases uh, of people breaking into stores. And I'm sure there's cases that I haven't even heard about here that 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 are, might not be reported because again so they don't want to report that stuff because the, the minute they report that stuff people start seeing that well what happened they broke into that place and then they don't want to uh, we'll come back to this later but I think so that can I the trend of like get, so this trend that yeah, you talked about right uh, this is this is very interesting so how you guys are able to have a con- conversation amongst yourselves right and say the government has to do something like you know there has to be some aid that has to be given out right in India, the conversation is people making excuses for the government saying, oh no, the government can't do anything. You know, we have 1.39 billion people. How do you expect the government to do anything? This is what they're fighting in India. The conversation is not about, oh, the government should do something for us. The conversation is more like some people saying the government should do something and the loyalists of the government saying, oh, please, the go- there's so many people in India. How do you think the government is going to do anything about it? Literally, this is what we're facing in India. We have not yet reached that collective point of agree- agreement that in a pandemic, the government should be stepping up because that's what they're taking taxes for. Where is the money then? If our money is not being stored somewhere in some for a rainy day like this, then what the hell am I paying those taxes for? Because I'm not getting good roads. Right. I'm not getting any good amenities. I'm still paying some of the largest taxes in the Southeast Asian region. It's quite comparable to the taxes that Singaporeans pay. And yet, on a, at a time like this, when the government should be stepping in, the government is essentially hiding behind the fact that no, no, this is not what the government's duty is, to step in and help you. you got to help yourself. You're on your own. It is our headache. It is all, yeah. So, so that's not. So that's not. So that's not. Uh, okay. So to my American, my American friends and listeners and people that are that are on this uh, listening uh, listening to this podcast right now, uh, what you just said um, in in the U.S. of A. We call that. Um, there's this. So look this up. Uh, you probably know about this. So basically, um, there's this saying uh, or this, this this little saying that says you got you got to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Um, there's also uh, you know, other things that came to mind with everything you were talking about. Um, there's also how are you going to pay for that? Okay, so so whenever whenever people here um, in this country, I mean, so so what you're saying, I, I think that um, there's some. I, I'm not proud to say this, but there's some um, parallels between what's going on here and what you're talking about in India. And India is just more extreme, but 
very very large i mean in a very uh sort of um oh god i, I can't think of the word like I, it's how Brendan Morgan basically uh, pointed about the welfare queens, right? I, I guess it is somewhere. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Pe- right, pe- pe- people, people here, like, I mean, may- maybe because of our history. I would say because of our history. Yeah. Um, people here have this sort of a collective memory that, um, well, you know, this country was founded on revolution, right? So, uh, 1776, uh, the 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 people that founded this country. Uh, wrote a letter, big letter with like all these uh, uh, points um, and all these reasons why they wanted to break away from the monarchy, um, and so they did. Um, and so this country has, uh, you know, Fourth of July, we celebrate Independence Day, we sh- shoot fireworks and stuff, and eat eat burgers. But um, historically, I mean, we 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 have seen this country uh, achieve um, some some pretty pretty awesome things uh, as far as like like when it comes to reforms from from social um, movements, that there's there's always been some kind of uh, collective memory that if people here sort of mobilize and if people here kind of uh, uh, vote <laughs> or if they're engaged, um, that that we can basically do do it all. We can we can uh, we have this sort of a narrative here or this like um, history that you know we went to the moon, we did this, we did that, we created a, we we created a. Uh, the, the craziest, most destructive weapons, but we also made all these uh, technologies and the, the, created the internet, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so I, I think, but but there is there is this trend though here where, you know, for something like like universal healthcare here, um, when people say, well, you know, we pay taxes, just same thing you mentioned, same thing you mentioned, we pay taxes here. Where what what are we getting for for that? Like, what am I getting for paying taxes in this country? And so we expect things like the basic things, the food, shelter, uh, food security, uh, you know, et cetera. And uh, the answer that comes from the top and, and from the middle, let's say, or from the center uh, here is basically, um, no, we'll just work hard, create a company, uh, you know, have better ideas. Um, you know, you gotta, you wanna, gotta work hard, work 80 hours a week, just, you know, uh, do all-nighters, et cetera. Do what you gotta do to be able to uh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, and make it and uh, be able to thrive in, in, in the economy, et cetera. But it's never, um, I don't know. So, so that, so that's, it's odd for me to find that, uh, yeah. <laughs> that link or that, or that parallel. Yeah. Uh, so, so my, my, my question then would be, um, in, in, in India, is, is there such thing as, um, uh, basically like, like state media? Cause this is, this is another thing that we, we touched, uh, we touched on last time we spoke. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what is the, the role of, of the media? We, we have we have Sorry? many foxes. Oh. We do we we don't have one fox. We have many foxes. Many fox news. Yeah, well, so do we. It's called uh, yeah. It's called Fox Live. But we have we have, we 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 have people that don't watch. We have people here that don't that don't do not watch Fox News. Fox News because it's a horrible channel that that has misinformation and like yeah. like uh, cr- crazy right wingers. And then they watch MSNBC and like uh, CNN, and they think they're getting something different, uh, but they're not. Uh, but but um, so yeah. in, in India, like what what is the role? Like what is sort of the messaging that you see in India uh, about um, when people sort of like like it, what kind of uh, historically what kind of uh, social movements or or sort of uh, achievements have been have been uh, uh, cemented? Um, and I'm talking more like. Like maybe the last twenty years, let's say. Like, what what are some things in the last twenty years that um, 
that Indians have been able to to get done in that sphere, or have they been able to get something done in, in the last few years? Again, very simple answer: nothing. Once we got our independence, we just got, I mean, very comfortable with what where we were. Yes, there was a uh, a movement in 1991 where we finally kind of you know started accepting free trade. Until then, we were a very protectionist economy. We started accepting free tra- free trade. but uh, even now in terms of ease of doing business forget about a, a com- country from abroad even for countries in india the ease of doing business is very difficult the only ground shift movement that people will talk to you about in india what to talk to anyone what happened in the last 20 years they'll say modi came into power in the past 6 years man that is the populist movement india needed to get their mba in hatred literally and that's exactly what the only groundswell movement we honestly saw because up until then everything i mean the conversation of where are my tax money is being spent that conversation is only and only happening in this last year up until then our previous generation has never bothered asking we have also up until now never bothered asking we've just paid our taxes our taxes get deducted at source so we just keep paying taxes every month uh, we get our salaries without the taxes you know so that tax is directly going into the government's coffers every month and then at the end of the year we basically do a adjustment and understand or oh, this is our amount of savings and this is what we've done but never never do people ever stand up and ask that okay so i'm paying taxes what do i get out of it like we've not even come to that point so which is why when now people like us are talking about why aren't we getting government aid the other side of the people are not even able to get there because they've not even yet wrapped their mind about the fact that where are our taxes going they're not even asking the question because for them the tax amount right it's like um if you are getting it's a conditioning uh you never look at your ctc as a whole you always look at your ctc which is the amount that you're getting right the the the, the salary that you're getting from your company minus the taxes so 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 the tax money is like we are conditioned to believe that yeah that goes to the government we don't care about how we try and save some parts of it but the rest anyway goes to the government that's a black hole that's it there is no questions asked there is no right. accountability that is ever uh, expected uh, and in that's why in the past 20 years the only and only populist movement that actually took place was in 2014 which was the rise of modi and this populist movement right. to be very honest i was a part of this populist movement too you know i i thought that he's going to do amazing things for us but then i realized that he's nothing more than a despot that's what he is he's nothing more than a despot who basically took us for a ride mm, created this narrative that oh my god india is a superpower that without the real hard work without bettering your literacy levels we can somehow beat every country at their game and this kind of hyper nationalism right. was created and as a result today we are where we are where even asking a simple question saying that how why is the government not helping me i am branded as an anti national i am branded as an urban nactal literally saying that you're asking questions that's not right you shouldn't be asking questions democracy apparently is wow. based on asking questions it is about just having a despot who's sitting and siphoning money through his friends and us paying through our noses and paying salaries advance salaries to people who are in trouble and then also giving money into another black hole which is a donation system for the pandemic so it is uh, it the, the kind of nigerian scams that you hear of 
the desperate scams that you hear of in Africa. This is what has begun in India. Yeah. That's the only ground shift movement that's happened in India over the past few years. So, so yeah. uh, okay, I'm, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna go out. Okay, so this is this is gonna this is gonna. My my American uh, listeners here are, are probably going to be very. Um, they're probably going to. They're. I think a lot of the, the people listening uh, might even turn off this podcast uh, when they start to listen to to when they start to listen to the thread that I'm about to the parallel that I'm about to um, sort of make with what you're saying about the, about the last time that the last time that people kind of got involved and 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 there was a ground shift. Okay, so uh, okay, so just get ready. Okay, yeah. so um. The last time, I mean, and obviously it's not the same exact uh, parallel. Obviously, the elements of it are, of it are okay. So, um, in this country, the last the last time that I recall, um, at least my generation, um, got really really excited and came out and voted in record numbers for somebody, uh, public official, um, was was um, 2008. That was that was Barack Obama, um, and. So it was kind of sad for me to listen to you say that because in in a lot of ways in a lot of ways I mean I <laughs> I bought shirts I convinced people to vote I wrote opinion uh, pieces I submitted them to my student my my newspaper uh, in college and uh, I I I wrote Facebook things I, I mean I I was really uh, one of the one of the people that uh, in my um, one of the people in my in my school that I I just remember even my my classmates would tell me like wow like. Because I would wear the Obama shirt like like uh, every other day or whatever, and they would say like, "You really like this Obama? Who's this Obama guy?" Like, and then so um, and I would have debates with people that were like uh, the, the few people in that in that uh, progressive uh, liberal liberal circle uh, liberal circle uh, that that wanted uh, uh, John McCain. But um, so that was the last time that there was excitement in this country about a political candidate uh, that that uh, you know he he, he was he was. He was this guy. Uh, I mean, Bernie Sanders uh, is the, 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 the. Let's not get into that because it breaks my heart. And, and, and there's a lot more. That's, that's going to be another conversation in the future, maybe. It but my heart too, by um, this, 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 yeah. So, so but this, this. Um, so Obama, Obama came in after uh, a very disastrous two terms in the Bush presidency, and so a lot of people, a lot of people were tired. Um, uh, post 9/11, they were tired of of the you know Bush started two wars. Um, he the, the Patriot Act came in, uh, passed with bipartisan support, um, and uh, it was basically uh, two two uh, terms of a president that cost a lot of lives, a lot of money, um, and basically uh, people just got tired of that, obviously, um, and they wanted somebody that was going to reform things and. So you know, Obama's slogan was change, right? That was it. There's just one word, change. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, or change, change you can believe in, or whatever. Um, so pe- people really were excited about uh, Obama, and they came out in record numbers and voted for him. Um, and so, what? Ha- I mean, <laughs> a lot of people are still in denial about this uh, uh, to this day, I think. But, but um, Barack Obama was not really much, much better than George W. Bush um, in terms of policies, in terms of the actual, so let's say, on the ground uh, realities of the presidency, especially overseas. So, uh, very, very shortly, uh, I don't want to get too, I don't want to get too crazy on this, but um, Obama, um, he he took us from two two wars to seven. Um, he uh, he bailed out uh, the banks when you know when he had his 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 crisis uh, or the, uh, the subprime mortgage crisis. Um, Barack Obama. Had I believe it was 11 months. I, I, I might be wrong, but 
He had a, uh, the Democratic Party had uh, control of both chambers of Congress and the executive branch. And so when that happened, um, in the aftermath of, of, uh, of the crash, um, they really they really had a chance to do all kinds of reform, um, you know, hold Wall Street accountable, uh, bring in some executives uh, and try them for crimes. I mean, that's what they did, right? Um, people like Steve Mnuchin, who now is the Treasury Secretary, uh, were, were uh, doing fraud crimes. I think he was found to do 100 crimes uh, during during the sub, uh, subprime mortgage crisis, and guess who guess who protected him? It was Kamala Harris. So now she's being floated as the person that can be the vice president uh, to run with Biden. But again, that's another topic. But uh, but so so Barack Obama basically um, he he just he 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 spoke in a manner that moved people, but he he didn't deliver on the promise. Okay, so the uh, he said he was gonna he said he was gonna cancel the Patriot Act. He said he was gonna um, get us out of the two wars. Uh, and so, you know, this, this guy basically was the last time, I think, that people really believed in a candidate. And um, the, the disappointment still, people still don't want to go there. It's very disappointing. And so the, the, the excuses are, well, you know, he was, he was uh, uh, opposed uh, in Congress and he, he, was, he was basically, uh, uh, like, he, he just didn't have the, the Republicans, the Republicans, right? They, they messed everything up. But uh, so I think that, uh, so right now we're in a moment um, in the world where the next, uh, let's say, governments that, that uh, step up to the plate or, or try to address uh, the crisis here, we're going to see, I mean, mm, just, just what, what, what happens when, when we're at our lowest, worst state, meaning as far as like a, uh, uh, the collective welfare, let's say, is at its lowest state. So I think it's very, very telling going forward how governments treat uh, this crisis because if they the, the, how they behave here in this moment is going to tell us a lot, a lot about how, how what, what their priorities are and what they uh, what they see as uh, what's important to them to, to, or or what what priorities they have unfortunately we already know that at least for our government our government's priorities are not us we are absolutely in the absolute I think you know how do I say we don't even feature in their priorities. We don't. We are just uh, harvested animals, literally organs, you know, who are pumping in money into the coffers. And I, I, I fear that if, while we were doing this, if this is how we were being treated with the just nonchalance that was being thrown at our, our way, but the anti-national and the urban national commentary that was done on us, I fear the day when we stop paying taxes or we are not able to pay taxes anymore and we all we don't even make that money for the government then what do we do are we going to then like i don't know like completely really harvest it somewhere i i have no idea because in in terms of the priority of things this government uh, he does not give press conferences our, our prime minister does not give press conferences he only believes in coming like a dictator on uh, at a certain prescribed time and coming and giving an address and just that's it that's all we never get right. to ask questions like you know the, the trump you're, at least the reporters are able to engage in a back and forth however insane and stupid and silly it is a lot of times they at least are able to ask questions i swear to god the day where i can get into the room with modi and ask him some of these questions my god i think i would have yeah 
I I really want yeah. you know <laughs> my dream or something. Don't hurt, don't hurt him, okay? Don't hurt him. Just ask no, the question. I'm a very um, yeah. I love him. So and then I, you know what? I honestly, honestly, really, really admired him. I fought with my parents. Like he, I was radicalized to an extent where when he he decided to get rid of 86% of India's currency in less than four hours, I was telling my parents, "Come on, you know, be a true Indian. You know, stand behind him." Yeah. So what he's telling you. So this, let me. This this is kind of I mean the the um, a friend of mine. I mean again I was I was very much very much uh, very enthusiastic about Obama and a friend of mine told me and this is like so now he's vindicated but back when it happened um, he said you know um, I think it was the ah God I I forget which year might have been ah, might have been ten. Oh nine or or 2010, 2009. I forget which year, but I remember shortly after Obama came in, um, yeah. the uh, he 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 signed off. Um, he reauthorized the Patriot Act. Okay, mm-hmm. so when that happened, because that was that was one of the main. I mean, people people kind of forget, but that was one of the main uh, staple campaign promises um, he made. He said he said uh, we're gonna we're gonna dissolve the Patriot Act. And I'm not going to sign uh, a reauthorization of the Patriot Act, and I'm going to get rid of the Patriot Act. And blah, blah, blah. so people, people were really uh, hopeful about that because you know the Patriot Act had all these provisions that basically uh, were very, very um, repressive, and you know it allowed for basically set the ground for surveillance, mass surveillance. Um, so when Obama did, when, when Obama signed the the uh, uh, reauthorization of the Patriot Act, uh, this friend of mine said, well, you know that that that's. That, his his whole election is now um, he, he lost all the credibility that he had coming in. He 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 did not pursue the one one of the main things that he said uh, he he was gonna pursue, and so um, he lost his credibility. And I just remember thinking I just remember thinking like, well, you know, uh, he came in. He didn't have the intelligence information. He didn't have all the uh, all the facts on the ground. Blah blah blah. So he he had to vote for it, or he he like that was you know. A, pr- a procedural choice. He he just signed the bill. I don't know, uh, or, or else, or else what. Um, um, so some of the things um, I think uh, pe- people just kind of get numb. I feel like people get numb. Uh, so and then when when the thing when when uh, Edward Snowden came out with with, with all his um, all the revelations about about the NSA surveillance, uh, and it, it was under Obama. And so he he uh, Edward Snowden made the point that you know these things are a matter of policy. Okay, so it's, it's it's the policies. It's not it's not the it's not the administrations or the figureheads or the politicians um, because those change. I mean, uh, you know, administration to administration, those things change, but the policies do not. So once once you open the door for uh, mass surveillance, um, that policy uh, is really really hard for the government to backtrack on because they have now they have that capability or that power, and there's again. The government does not want to ever, ever cede ground or lose power. Um, so that's that's. Um, so I think that's one one of the things that people just kind of don't want to think about. They don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to think that somebody that they put their trust in and that made them cry when they watch their videos or their, or, or their uh, footage of their um, their address. Um, they don't want to think that that person uh, didn't deliver because we had an emotional investment or or a, a connection. Uh, with the person, um, but the underlying policies of that administration um, set the ground for for Donald Trump. So when people compare, because I've heard these comparisons, I've heard people compare Modi to um, to Trump a lot, or to, rather Trump to Modi. Um, but but what you said about Modi, I mean, as far as like the uh, let's say the the uh, the movement or the the sort of the uh, 
excitement on the ground for electing Modi. That I think parallels more with uh, Barack Obama than it does with Trump. Again, people are people do not want to go there because Obama is kind of a he's kind of a a figure saint of the Democratic uh, Party establishment. But um, I think that uh, he set the ground for for Donald Trump uh, very neatly because. Mm, and so, so let, let me ask you. So, what, what do you think about um, sort of the uh, the new sort of um, administration that that might come in um, in the U.S. here? Like, because uh, we have we have uh, we have Donald Trump that's probably probably going to win. They're, they're saying, but I mean, this crisis really makes it so. This crisis changes everything, I think, on the ground, and I think people don't want to. Uh, I saw something where the economy goes for a toss, and there are certain keys in your. Um, I think one of the five, three, eight, or one of these models where they said that you know now things could really shift for Donald Trump because up until then it was a landslide victory for him. So yeah. So let me. So what does Trump in terms of India? What what has Trump been like? Versus Obama, let's let's go there. Like, what 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 are the policies or the what is the way that the Obama administration's uh, relations with with India? Uh, what are what are some of the contrasts there? Like, what, what, how does how do how does India see or Indians see um, that that administration uh, and then Trump, um, if at all? Uh, so uh, we had, uh, I mean, if you see, right? So, so to just add to what you said before. As to whether we compare a Modi to a Trump or a Modi to a Obama, uh, I would say that we would still go ahead and compare him to a Trump and not an Obama, because the movement that Modi began was the black movement that Trump began began for white supremacists and Republicans in 2016. Right. That's, exact, that's exactly the mobilization we saw, and unfortunately, uh, most Indians uh, were up until then. Um, <coughs> How do you say? We would all, and I'll say this about myself, you know, um, we were all uh, somewhere inside <laughs> very bigoted about what was happening in our country and that we were. There was a whole lot of vote bank politics that happened. We used to always think that the previous party Congress, which was the grand old party of India, but in a very different way, uh, was always favoring the minorities and it's us, the majority, the Hindu swaths of the population that were always, you know, uh, taken for a ride and taken for granted and no one really cared about us. And that is the movement that Modi created to create that entire Hindutva narrative that, okay, we are the majoritarian you know, religion in this country, so we should be setting the rules and we should be the ones who get the, uh, you know, who get the, how do you say, the benefits of anything and everything that's happening. Um, having said yeah. that, <coughs> to answer your question, how was the relationship between India and, and uh, Trump and versus in India and Obama? Well, actually, uh, in the 2008 crisis, right, our then Prime Minister, uh, Dr. Manmohan Singh, uh, he actually was a fabulous financial expert, but because of whatever politics, uh, he was he was named the accidental prime minister of India. That was, and he set this space huh. for Modi, because he was a man of few words. Okay, so we all kind of took his silence for his weakness. We did not really pay attention mm-hmm. to the fact that he did a lot to keep the Indian economy going and strong. Uh, despite the 2008 crash, in fact, Obama has had this, has told this in the past that you know that um, Manmohan Singh was one of those 
leaders who made sure that the Indian economy did not go through the kind of decimation that we saw other economies go through. And um, we didn't kind of pay attention to that because, you know, Manmohan Singh would never say, oh, I did this, you know, I'm this amazing man who did this. He's not. He's a man of very, very, very few words. And we were duped into thinking that maybe we don't man a, want a man who's so weak. You know, he's so weak. He gives into the U.S. every single time. Like, what is this? And we want a man full of bluster. So we chose all a, stra- a strong man, right? A strong man. So yeah. I mean, the the more, uh, yeah, the strong man, authoritarian. Yeah, I mean the. I, I think I, I mean again I'm I'm so ignorant of Indian politics and all that that I, that I mean ju- I just kind of uh, admittedly I kind of hung on to the one point you made and I I, I saw a parallel but uh, I can see that now I mean certainly certainly uh, Trump um, did did some uh, rhetoric that uh, played on people's sort of xenophobia and racism and, and um, yeah. etc and fear fear of uh, other citizens and kind of like the uh, um the boogeyman you know he he kind of yeah exactly and he he but the thing i mean so um i i'm not sure what if this is a parallel at all but when trump came in he he was basically ridiculed by everybody so how uh, i mean when he was basically rising in profile he was everybody was ah oh, he's never going to win like he's just like he's a buffoon he's wearing a raccoon on his head um but so when Modi came in uh what w- so how does that work? Like, is there like an establishment or a, or a sort of platform that he stepped into and kind of uh, uh, ruffled some feathers or kind of uh, when he came in, like the, the apparatus? Like, what is what is what is electoral politics in India like? Like, how many parties are there, etc. So we are um, unlike the U.S., which is a bicameral uh, setup. We are a multi-party setup. So uh, we could have multiple coalitions of parties at the state level, at the central level, at our lower house and upper house of the parliament, or uh, we could be, you know, at, uh, you know, basically single party systems in certain nations where they have their own majority. So there are multiple types of setup, which is where, you know, our uh, founder of the constitution, uh, Baba Saheb Ambedkar, he basically made sure that we are always a multi-party system so that no one party has a majoritarian rule in the whole scheme of things. Um, unfortunately, with Modi, what happened is right, the corruption movement was something that took off, uh, which was basically, which set the precedent for Modi. Um, uh, between him and his other allied parties, which now are also in power in certain places, but they're now, again, you know, um, not with Modi, but their opposition of Modi. So it is a very interesting party system we have. Now, these parties, the smaller parties that suddenly came, got offshoot, they started these anti-corruption movements starting from, I think, 2012, 2013. They started these movements where they started talking about how Congress, which is the grand old party of India, has just been doing a lot of corruption and they've not been doing anything. And look at the prime minister. He's so quiet. He's so weak. He's always giving into foreign countries. What the hell? Where is our star power? So the so the so so um so Donald Trump came took basically took over the Republican Party. He came and he trashed everyone and he kind of uh, he he was very aggressive with with that party and with the establishment. And so that's so. I guess what I'm asking is, did Modi come into uh, in whatever party he ran in? Like, did he do that as well? Like, did he kind of trash or like, or like, sort of ridicule the the people inside that 
So this is the kind of mad right. rhetoric that is happening, and so people, so the government can basically get away by not doing anything about the pandemic, and people are just bickering among each other, like Hindu, Muslim, Hindu, Muslim, 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 scapegoating, right? Yes, scapegoating. Yeah, they they find a scapegoat. Yeah, and this is what's happening. So basically, right. you get to uh, hold the government accountable. You're so busy just bickering among yourself. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, so. Um, no, I mean, the, you, you really, I mean, I think the listeners, uh, well, the listeners will just make up their mind, but um, I think there's a, a lot of, a lot more, there's a lot of parallels between some of the elements, uh, uh, some of the things that are happening in India um, that are, you know, there, there may be a little bit more extreme, a little bit uh, more um, um, uh, pronounced, I don't know if that's probably a euphemism, but Yeah. Um, there's things that are going on over there that are not too far from what the what could be going on here, or what has gone on uh, over here um, in terms of the uh, the way that the government sort of uh, treats um, certain certain problems um, or or a crisis. Um, so um, my so let, let me get back to the um, to COVID a little bit on on, on the some some of the we got a little bit way sidetracked on the politics uh, side about like like the the the, the our governments. I Yes, I mean, we, we, which is good. I mean, I learned, I'm learning a lot uh, so far. But um, anyway, but so the the future of COVID. So like, as far as um, you mentioned something earlier that I, I wrote, I, I have a note here um, because this is really really interesting uh, to think about. So I, I uh, you mentioned something about Exodus, about people basically traveling 50 miles or 50 miles. I forget. Uh, no, uh, over over but, 500 um, to 600 miles actually. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. 500 walking. Okay, 500 miles. Okay. Gwa- yeah. Okay. So okay. Yeah. So um. Okay. 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 So so that that's that's one of the uh bullet points I have here is uh, talking about the future of COVID. Like, what does it look like? Or what what are some of not just the migrant the migration uh, sort of aspect like like what 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 is immigration uh what is immigration gonna look like? Uh, going forward, um, and then so one of the elements that, that I that I was anticipating here that I've that I've been thinking about is uh, what happens when a region. So let's, it could be global, but it could also be sort of just uh, at a county or a state level um, or or municipality. But what happens when, like, let's say one district does really well, they flatten the curve, they get like uh, tests, everybody's getting tested, uh, the contact tracing. Etc. People have that, or, or even just like vaccines. And so then, there's pockets of the world, um, or the map, that are going to start getting uh, opened back up, right? So uh, people are going to go uh, go back to work. Uh, people are going to start, you know, going outside, etc. And so then, obviously, the news or the sort of uh, the awareness of that is going to uh, sort of uh, resonate everywhere else. So then. You'll have people saying, "Oh, I'm in New York. California just opened up again. They're they're doing a better job. Let's just let's just move to California. Let's just uh, buy a one plane t- uh, one way ticket and and land in California." And so then that so I'm a little bit uh, so I'm, I'm I'm anticipating and I'm a little bit worried about the possibilities of people migrating to other places that are getting back uh, opened back up and then sort of bringing back or uh, yeah bringing back the virus and sort of. Uh, Uh, you, you, so, you, so let's. What do you think about that? So, um, in India, right, the the migration is a little on the other side. So, up until now, the migration has been let's move to areas where we see away from our um, our own con- our own 
states rather not country in so so we have 29 states in india and there are certain states mm-hmm. port states like your metros like your bombay delhi bangalore uh, mumbai uh, 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 bombay again yeah uh, chennai these are the metropolitan cities of india so typically what we have seen is from the rural areas of india the the middle of the india right uh, we have seen uh-huh. migration of people into the cities now what has happened is that we are seeing a reverse migration now wherein people are so scared because they don't have their own houses they don't have their own families here these are typically migrants who are some a lot of them come with their families a lot of them don't come with their families too they leave their families back in the villages and they come into the cities because they're crammed into a room living with 10 other people the, the living conditions are terrible for them right so so now what is happening is because of this case of covid they want to just go back to their villages they just like i i don't give up you know i don't give a shit anymore about yeah. cities i just want to go back to the village yeah. i just want to go back to my own hometown you know and so we are right now facing the problem of reverse migration where people are just wanting oh. to go back where they came from instead of because they've done the wow. whole yeah so they've, they've done the whole migration into cities which were doing well so we go there we set up a new life and we move and we you know move uh, uh, wherever life takes us they're done with that they're like oh my god no 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 i'd rather stay in my own hometown at least i know my villagers there i know my little panchayat there which is the micro government kind of institutions that handle the villages and at least i have my family i'd rather stay with my family because even the jobs that coming okay. are right i mean jobs the jobs that are being lost even before covid um india was going through a recession as much as the government didn't want to say that we were going through a recession they were literally fudging numbers to show higher gdp and i honestly don't even believe that gdp is the best way to understand development of a country but sure that's it's a, it's a meaning it's a meaning it's a meaningless uh, number for a lot of people because uh, exactly. they'll say oh my god the gdp like increased great so oh, well i don't so what <laughs> my 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 money like my wages didn't go up nothing happened to me but great yeah gdp like like um, trump also used so, to keep so saying right like oh record unemployment right so, so trump could say that i have look at our unemployment levels it is the best in 50 years it is the best in 1000 years it is the best in 10000 yeah. years will say anything the thing is it right. Yeah, even then though, the, 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 there's always the question like, well, the, we have very low unemployment, but then that's meaningless in a sense because the, the well, yeah, because the jobs are shitty. Like the, like the yeah, everybody's employed, but uh, the wages like, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, to survive. And that's not important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you do that, right? It, it, so, uh, in, in, here, it, So the, so in this country um and again I might be wrong I'm sure I'm going to get fact checked by some of our listeners maybe but um as if I recall correctly uh our wages have not kept up with inflation uh in the last 40 I think it's 40 years. Yeah. Um so we're yeah so I I I I think that uh whenever whenever the government uh, or the government basically um says oh but like you know these numbers are going up our, the market's doing great uh the dow is going up all that stuff like it it doesn't really uh have very much um Impact. make make much of a difference in most people most people's um uh reality or, or lives it was more of those people right who were very excited about their 401k's and which is now become a reality that home holy crap i may or may not even get my 401k right and that that's where the reality is starting to know and bite at people they're like crap the one thing that we were kind of you know tolerating from for 
uh, was our 401ks and now when that essentially that reason also goes away then what do you do so but in india we were facing the problem of unemployment we had record unemployment levels like in the past few decades we have been facing uh, not in the past few decades in the past 6 years uh, the kind of unemployment levels that we have faced since 2016 actually that's when the demonetization happened where within 4 hours our uh, supreme leader decided to just do away with 86% of our currency so whatever cash we had suddenly became illegal cash we had to go back to banks and start wow. clawing for our own money saying that you know what this is this is actually old notes could you please give me the new notes and wow yeah that's what happened <laughs> yeah oh man so yeah yeah wow that's that's, that's so it's so 2016 wow. onwards our unemployment levels because it completely completely so our our unorganized sector or the informal sector as we call it right that is a cash based yeah. based uh, economy mostly because you mm-hmm. these wage mm-hmm. daily wages the migrants laborers the, the maids uh, the people who clean our roads and stuff right they are not paid like us mnc workers in bank accounts and all of that they paid cash they paid cash daily or they paid paid cash monthly you know but he decided that because we are going to completely get rid of cash and we are going to become a digital economy and all of that he completely did not realize that he was going after the largest the backbone structure of the country which was the unorganized sector when the unorganized sector started losing the, the money uh, the cash the liquidity basically there was massive job losses multiple small scale companies shut down as a result our unemployment numbers started rising and after that he created a tax regime which is your uh, uh, gsp we call it and after that that was like the second blow to our economy and beyond gsp with demonetization and after gsp our economy was essentially going we're careening towards an economic collapse plus uh, uh, yeah. with a lot of uh, willful defaulters uh, these big big industrialists right who would take like billions and billions of dollars of loans from our public sector banks and private sector banks and then not repay them and then just 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 leave the country just just run away you know and that that created a huge dent again on our economy so when covid came by the time covid hit our economy our unemployment numbers were already quite record high so i'm very very scared that what happens now what's the what's the what's the numbers what's the what's the metric like what what uh what what numbers are we talking about 40% so, 50% like what, what no no so in urban unemployment right last december the urban unemployment rate had already hit 9.71% and the rural unemployment rate had been at about 9% and now we are forecasting a unemployment rate of over 30 to 40% minimum if we have not yet reached that already uh, you guys are able to at least calculate the numbers saying that so many people are coming for the welfare checks and unemployment this one right we don't have anything of that sort to find ki how many people have actually lost the job because the government does not release this data anymore and this has become a feature of this government they don't release this data wow just no no tra- no transparency i mean we we uh uh i mean this is a lot of these topics like uh, i mean i i feel uh in some ways that i'm uh i'm wholly like unqualified to even be talking about most of this stuff and so part part of this conversation has been very uh very useful because i'm i'm learning from someone else that's uh uh trying to be educated i mean the the least i can say is that i'm trying to be 
I'm trying to be informed or educated about what's going Thanks, on. So, um, the yeah. So, um, but the, the you mentioned you mentioned something about the uh, so the unemployment levels skyrocketing skyrocketing uh, uh, post COVID, um, and then the non bailout, and then so so we we had uh, we have a very similar. Uh, thing with with our bailout. I mean, uh, I'm gonna go over it really, really, really briefly. Um, yeah. Because I, I think I said I was gonna touch on it. So, um, largely, what happened is that uh, we had one. We had a. I think I think they're working. Either they're working on the fourth one, or they are. I mean, I I don't know <laughs> what 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 they're doing on the, on the fourth bailout. Nancy Pelosi said no. I think the, 1.5 trillion more coming or something. She said I heard. Yeah, something right, and and I haven't even I haven't kept up with all that. There's been other stuff I've been focusing on uh, lately, but um, I do remember that uh, one, one the first one of the first bailouts. I don't know if it was the first one or the second one. Uh, it was a, a bill that that came from the House of Representatives, um, and this was submitted by Nancy Pelosi, and Trump signed it. So, but what happened here was um, that first, and I don't think it passed the Senate, but that first bill. Um, Basically, uh, it only covered 20% of uh, the workforce for paid sick leave, uh, leaving a vast number of people, uh, you know, uh, excluding a large number of people. So, um, but what happened was that some of the some of the largest employers in the in the world, uh, or I mean, in the country, sorry, uh, some of the largest employers in the country here are Walmart, Amazon. Um, that's two of them. Uh, so both of the both of those companies, if I recall, recall correctly, uh, basically said, uh, you know, and I'm sure they came to to Pelosi and they said, hey, we, we don't want to be part of that. We, we don't want, we don't want to pay our workers uh, pay sick leave. So we don't want to be included in this bill. Please exclude us. And obviously, big companies like that that have a lot of uh, uh, power and influence uh, are able to uh, basically do what they want. So. Uh, those companies excluded themselves from that bill, so only 20% of uh, workers uh, became uh, covered. And so a lot of these employees uh, were basically in smaller businesses. So, this, so all, all, all of the, the pattern I see here is that the bailouts and the, the measures that the government uh, passes in this country um, are designed to give people the least amount of, of, uh, of uh, relief uh, that they can possibly they can possibly give so as to maybe prevent some revolts or you know that that's kind of a feature in all government in most governments I think is that they'll try to do the the smallest least uh, amount of help um, for their citizens in order to uh, save money right so to to so that they don't have to cut into the profits of uh, large corporations okay so yeah the 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 latest the, the third bailout bill um, two point two trillion dollars. Um, so that was basically uh, gave uh, $500 billion at the, at the behest of uh, Steve Mnuchin uh, to give to corporations, and there was no uh, accountability. There was no, uh, I think they put an inspector, gen- inspector general, and I think, I think you posted something about this maybe, but um, Trump removed him uh, yeah. a few days ago. Like this. So there's no, there's like no. The US there's no one getting to... Indianized, you know, <laughs> that's what I call it. <laughs> Oh my God! So yeah, so so and this is kind of funny because I had this joke I think earlier. I said, "Well, is, is our economy getting Indianized, or, or is your country getting Americanized?" Uh, in some ways, uh, maybe it's both. But but uh, but so um so that's uh, largely that bill uh, went unopposed. I mean, it passed with unanimous um, uh, consent, I guess. And so 
Uh, most people in this country uh, still don't. I mean, it's, it's it was an 850-page bill. I read parts of it. I didn't read the, the whole thing, but I read parts of it. Um, and that that bill basically um, creates the conditions under which um, large corporations get bailouts, and most most people, most regular uh, people, and most small businesses are set up to fail uh, here. A lot of them. Especially, so the, the two the two sectors that I hear a lot about uh, getting wiped out uh, here are retail and uh, entertainment, and uh, especially like live like events like all the event the events industry all that. Yeah. And then what's the other one? It, it was, uh, kind of, it was uh, um, right. So, right. So the, I'm sorry. The service industry. Right. Yeah. The service industry. The bars. The restaurants. Right. Yeah. Um, and then retail, and then the events, like all the all the events, the concerts, the sporting events, all that, um, getting getting basically um, decimated. So that's you know lots lots of jobs lost, etc. Um, so the, none, so that bill basically gave all of the safety net. It was called the CARES Act. Yeah. That give that bill gave um, most or all of the safety net to the very very wealthy, and gave most most of the other people a very very small amount of relief and it's being granted and you have to basically apply for it so it's not guaranteed so um so they're gonna you know pick winners and losers etc and then the twelve hundred dollars uh the the checks that were that were that are promised that are coming some of them are uh, already uh, getting landing in people's accounts um i just i i saw you post this as well and i saw this elsewhere but so there was um, already so there's some banks that have been basically uh, approved by the government yeah. uh, to be able to repossess that money before it even goes to anybody. So like I, I get 1,200 bucks, but then I have some outstanding debts with the bank, and boom, the bank takes the money. Mm. So so that so yeah. and then uh, that that 1,200 dollars I've heard uh, uh, various places that it's actually they're going to adjust uh, a tax increase next year for that money. So that so. People here get 1200 bucks, but then next year, guess what? Your, your taxes go up to adjust for that. So they're not, it's your, it's your own money. <laughs> they're giving you your own money back and you're taking it and like, great, thank you. And then it's, but it's your own money. So that you're not really getting anything extra. Uh, so somebody, I think it was uh, Jimmy Dore might've liked, like, he, he made this uh, analogy. He said, it's, it's something like, uh, it's something like, imagine if your house is burning down and then you call the fire department and, and they come into your house and they take some things from your house and they go outside with you and outside they hand you the things that they found in your house and then the house burns down completely and then you have the things they rescued but then they own the property now yeah yeah so that's kind of in so that's that's going to be like, uh, to say that the, it's, they're, they're privatizing the profits and they're socializing the losses on a massive scale. socializing the yes right right um let me hit the last so i, I um i hate i hate to to give you the 15 minute warning here but uh, i'm gonna have to go to sleep soon and etc but i'm gonna i want to hit the last um the last bullet point that we we haven't um uh gone over so um the about the symptoms so I wanted to know a little bit. You mentioned this last time we spoke about the symptoms, uh, about how they're basically um, um, th there's like a search engine uh, results and th they're being tracked, or uh, we're finding out what the symptoms are with Google searches, which is pretty uh, pretty cool. I, I didn't know that, so yeah. I kind of wanted to to get an update on on what are some of the main symptoms um, that the the new symptoms that are coming out, but what are some of the main ones or the ones that we know about? 
so uh, as an ex googler right <laughs> i i love my google search results and uh, they have done a pretty fabulous job of kind of you know uh, how do you say um, consolidating that data and start looking at patterns because these are intent based searches so with google search results what happens is that because you are searching for something that you want so in ways they are able to understand or google is able to understand uh-huh. your intent okay uh, keyword uh-huh. search results search now um, i came across a very very interesting piece in the new york times about two weeks back wherein they looked at uh, certain symptoms that were kind of you know uh, newer symptoms that were coming along every couple of weeks that people were hearing of now the thing is that because people are at home people are scared you're not able to go to the doctors yeah you know everything is like you know your healthcare is now again become going back to webmd kind of a situation like doctor said you don't webmd and now all you're left is to google search what's happening with you um people started uh, especially in like areas like italy and spain before the hot spot started really going up that trajectory on the curve there were certain symptoms that were being googled very very extensively the loss of smell was one such symptom that was actually found from the search trends the google trends um and uh, post that there were uh, there was another symptom that came out uh, which now increasingly doctors around the world are saying yeah this could this is another new symptom that is out which is your eyes hurting the sockets of your eyes hurting uh, because these are the queries that people are actually searching for oh okay 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 so i'm sorry stop, stop right there stop right there let me okay. let me let me uh okay this is really interesting and I, I, again This might sound kooky, and maybe the connection I'm making here is probably uh, a little far off, maybe not correct. But uh, the correlation, so um, this might be a false positive, I think, maybe, because I, I think we have to consider that a lot of a lot of people are home, and a lot of people are looking at their phones, yes. and so literally, I think the the eyes hurting might just be a function like people are looking at their phones a lot. And so then people are getting uh, coronavirus, but then they're reporting that their their eyes are hurting because they're probably ha- they're probably weakened, you know, because like they they have this uh, basically like the super flu, and then they're looking at their phone basically maybe to find information, or they're probably looking at their phone a lot, and then their eyes are so so I I don't know I mean what do you think about that possibility? So so uh, with Google, so this is not exactly a way to find new symptoms. This is more about finding where the new outbreak could be happening, the hidden outbreak. uh when you look at the okay. outbreak data they're not just looking at one thing they are parsing information and they consolidating information saying that from this area if you suddenly see a surge between the loss of smell plus the eyes plus uh, you're not feeling too well plus you know i'm feeling feverish uh, at an ai level we are able, google is able to bundle all the sources up and do a median out of it and say that this area is oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a coagulation of storm and of all of this at a higher level while we are seeing the coagulation of this in these areas as a trend we saw that these were the new and emerging symptoms that were also seen so that's how at a okay. statistical level they are able to come out and tell you that okay if if you are yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, no, like I feel, I feel like a dummy because I'm like, well, okay. I mean, I, I don't know. Math, math just, just so we, uh, just you know, math was my worst subject, so um, I, I failed. failed the club. <laughs> yeah, I fell, I fell asleep during statistics. I, I, yeah. So I, I didn't do well in statistics. I did okay in geometry, and I passed algebra okay because I was, I was more, I was always more. Um, interested in language and art and uh history and other things and math was like uh oh, numbers i don't want to anyway but so that's embarrassing that's embarrassing but but um so, so that's, that's really, so the similarities yeah. there uh, i loved algebra i hated geometry but uh, history and this is why my my project says that i want to be the witness of modern history and that's why you see my post where i'm like going crazy covering the modern history on a day on day basis Yeah. You're you're one of the yeah you're one of the like like most people I follow on Instagram they have their feed and you see those little those little dotted lines that kind of uh, get stretched or they get compressed uh, the more that you have stories um, on your timeline or your, or your story and you're the you're the one person where like it takes me like maybe five minutes to like to like ting 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 like scroll through all of them so that I could get to the latest one. Um, or if i wanted to look, if i wanted to look at all of them i might have to spend half a day really like looking at all of all of the updates so i don't i don't even like i said i don't even know how you do it i i i'm sort of convinced that you're actually uh you have a twin sister and you guys both work together on this and she researches like for hours and then you research for you guys work in shifts and somehow that's how you get all these uh <laughs> all these stories but yeah i i love i love i, I think it's uh uh it's impressive and it's very um uh i mean i don't know commendable i really think that uh that you're doing a, a good uh uh job there and i think that more people um i think that more people are going to start doing this too i feel like um yeah. what you're doing and what i'm doing um i mean i'm doing it at a very uh, more limited level but um i think that what people are kind of hungry for is information yeah. uh the right information and then they want to know where things are going they want to know uh what's going on like everybody's kind of on the same um uh, boat here um uh, but so the last uh, the last point here um that i wanted to hit on um uh was about the so so okay so this is going to be an interesting one i don't know how long it's going to take but this is this is uh um uh, i'm going off by uh, some of the reporting uh with some of the sources actually that you you read as well but uh i show you a video uh by Kim Iverson and she did a yeah. she did a video a few days ago four days ago maybe uh, where she basically kind of went over the new the newest research which uh, suggests that there's three uh three main strains which each of those strains strains has like other subgroups but they're actually kind of the same they're they're uh they're very similar so they're kind of categorized in three main um strains uh types and so um that complicates everything right because there's the the possibility here is that if there's more than one strain major strain of coronavirus um uh then you need to find three vaccines or more vaccines so one of the one of the things she mentioned though uh which is good news uh she said that the good news is that once you've had one type of coronavirus uh strain you're more likely to withstand uh you have a better chance of uh getting over any of the other two uh strains of coronavirus which is good yeah the only thing is that the only thing is uh so this is something um i've been thinking about okay so uh 
There is, there is a. I think we have Taipei. Let's say there's Taipei, Taipei, and Type C. Taipei is uh, the earliest one, I guess. They're they're saying that's the earliest one. Yeah. Type B came from、uh, mutation mutation off Type A,、yeah. and then Type Type C. Type C is a hybrid of some some mutations that came from、uh, A and B, so it's like a、uh, like I guess like a, 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 ch- a child of the two parents or something.、Yeah. Um, again, I'm not a I'm not a scientist, so I'm probably messing all this up. But that's kind of a overall the, the the literature that's coming out. So what, what do you think about what do you think about that? What, what what are some of the things that you know about the the, the strains?、Um, so、here? so what, my learning of COVID started with,、uh, and I told you about this guy, right? Uh, uh, Chris Martinson of Peak Prosperity.、Um, I think he has been doing、um, some of the best and medical journalism I could literally say, you know, about、um, COVID. And he has been warning us、uh, for a while about, like, he's on seventy eighth day of reporting on COVID. Literally, that's how long he's been covering this. And、uh, he has been talking about the mutating strains. And the newer and newer symptoms also coming across because the strain is further mutating as well. Because、um, uh, uh, now the governments are starting to talk about really how dangerous coronavirus is because it transmits so easily and it can cause lasting effects to even someone who's below the age of fifty.、Um, And this, the mutation that she spoke about, has been pretty much on the lines of what Chris Martinson has also been talking about. That uh, uh, this could not have just come about in the first strain, right? Could not have just come about in December. This was, in all probability, floating around since before, and、uh, it just mutated and became something a little terrible, and then、uh, entered the bloodstreams of other people. But from what I understand、uh, from her、uh, capturing of the A, B, and C,、um, I believe that in India, for example, if I were to ha- take the case in point of India,、um, we had a first infection reported、uh, on the 30th of Jan. Okay, this infection was from someone who came from China,、uh, which was, I think, the type A that she was referring to. Now we had. Then、uh, the next burst of infections that were located were in the month of Feb, which was through certain Italian、uh, tourists who were in India, and people who they had like you know they were tourists, so they're basically in and around your the touristy areas where you have a lot of these you know uh, uh, you know auto drivers, taxi drivers,、uh, you know small uh, uh, these establishments to eat where you get very authentic food and stuff, and typically for like you said right when Foreigners come to India. They like to get the authentic experience, so they go to all of these purely、mm-hmm. authentic and、uh, like you know small places. You know these are not the five stars always. These are like the really small, amazing old places which have been in establishment since like sixty, seventy years now. Like you know family-based food places and stuff. And this, that's where we got the 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 B strain, if I'm not mistaken. Now the C strain that we got. So India is a coagulation again of multiple strains because we started getting、yeah. infection inflows from、uh, countries like US, Italy, China, um, uh, Dubai, um, and a couple of other places. But these were the main ones, the four main countries where we started seeing 
infection streaming inside the country essentially and um, uh, we do know that the people who were so the first batch of people right and which is why i think that the 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 least um, the, the the chinese side of the strain that she's talking about right the first strain which is not that dangerous a strain i can understand why she says that because the first set of cases that were found they all actually got better there were no deaths it was the second strain after the italian tourists were found where we started seeing some deaths then there was the hidden strain because india and us has a lot of travel between its two we have so we have google we have facebook we have microsoft we have cognizance we have all of the mnc companies right and we saw a lot of infections coming in through employees of mnc companies actually and these were the hidden ones which which we didn't realize which modi didn't want to really piss trump off and say okay i'm going to shut shut even getting people in from uh us and of course uk that's the other country i forget so yeah we basically saw infections coming in from all three strains and now we are so spread out we don't know which strain has caused the infection where anymore we are at that stage right now wow no i mean that that's uh yeah man like it's i i don't i don't want to oh man like i i just i have to i have to uh it just gives me such a uh, uh like the, the every time I, i i try to ask you about what's going on in your country the situation over there is so much so much worse than over here um yeah. that it just i don't know it just ma- it just makes me feel almost like um i i don't know just i feel so uh i mean it just makes me sad basically. it makes me sad and it also you know powerless etc and i i just um some of some of these um this conversation has been very very enlightening to me and very um um important one of the most interesting conversations conversations uh, i i've ever had probably so and and this is uh i mean we have enough to worry about in this country here i mean i have i have things to worry about etc but but uh, it really gives you some kind of some kind of a um it's very humbling it's it's also very um eye opening uh to see uh somebody like you in india that is um fighting uh and doing everything um in in her power to to stay informed and to get the word out and to educate i mean you're you're educating um uh thousands of people out there with you you know you have a, a pretty significant uh, following on instagram and i think that uh this work you're doing is instagram that is <laughs> yeah no you but you have you know you have a you have a following so i think i think some of the stuff you're doing is very brave and very very i mean considering all the stuff that's going on in india and the the way you describe uh the situation over there yeah. um i mean i don't i don't know i don't know that i'd be able to do that i feel like i'd uh, <laughs> i probably would break uh you know so i i just uh i want to i want to just kind of uh um um you know thank you for what you for doing what you're doing and uh encourage you to keep doing it and so the the, the lot so um I guess I mean we I haven't really uh been thinking too much uh about the three strains because I mean at a certain 
level like there's no um, no one knows i mean there's there's some i'm sure there's some uh, pockets of the other strains in this here in this country but i, I mean I don't, i don't know the numbers but the what, do you, so what do you do you, do you think that there's a possibility for even more strains which I, it's a question i almost don't even want to know the answer to but do you, do you think what what is the, what is the what are the possibilities that you see or the, the research that you see about possibly there being more than three main strains and and what, how does that complicate our uh, herd immunity uh, chances going forward so since india has a very very large percentage of malnutrition like even in the world hunger index we are uh, quite low yeah you know uh, in terms of our our people in india are very very immunocompromised because of malnutrition because of bad conditions that they stay in um and a lot of other societal trauma that they in general go through i worry uh, and I, you know like this is again a, a, an an informed speculation you could say and i don't want people to catch on to this latch on to the speculation but what i yeah. worry about right. is that uh, we shouldn't have a special like a mutation that happens in india because that i think is going to be devastating for us we are already um, yeah. very scared about like we've been told by certain models from john hopkins the certain other uh, were 13 doctors from john hopkins from the university of michigan and a couple of other universities and the general school of economics who ran a model and told us that by the end of may we would be closing to about 1.3 million infections and then there have been other very scary wow. models that have even told us that it could even go up to 200 300 400 million infections you know and <laughs> oh my like, god yeah that's yeah, that's, that's that's uh, that wow. a lot of me that wow. what so, if so, we have a fourth generation yeah. that is from india yeah 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 i, I don't know what we're going to do so, it's just yeah and i mean it seems like it's a possibility i, I mean i don't want to that's why again it's spe- speculating uh, yeah. so, i i i want to be certainly you know to any listeners i want to say well this is the 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 theme of this talk has been except for the crazy sidetrack about us <laughs> politics and the the modi all yeah. that stuff which maybe you, i don't know if you'll cut out but whatever uh, yeah. but so the, the the main the main sort of theme of this talk has been about um anticipating where covid is is uh, the, the territory um that is is uh shifting due to co- uh, the covid uh, pandemic but and where where the response uh some of the things that might come that uh, we might uh look ahead um so that we we can avoid some of the some of the effects or try to be at least informed about about them so we don't uh, freak out and lose all hope so one of the so but let me let me uh so one thing i want to mention to you so so um uh so kim iverson has said um this is this kind of ties up uh, to the beginning when we were talking about the uh the the government like the states um treatment of a crisis and the way that they uh, present information and the order and the the timing of that information so as to create the desired effects okay so one thing that i that i noticed um not just Kim Iverson other people too but Kim Iverson uh made a a, a point of this she said that her channel on Google has been getting censored left and right because yeah. um you know Google Google has Google has all these like uh, algorithms that find keywords so she she stopped saying the word coronavirus or covid on her channel because google google was basically flagging um 
the same her, thing happened uh, with Martinson as well. He started. That's why calling it the honey badger virus. Uh, and he also, <laughs> yeah, so, and he also noticed yeah, that people so, were getting unsubscribed from his channel, so he had to keep telling people exactly, exactly. Please subscribe back to it. Exactly. So getting getting unsubscribed, getting uh, kicked off the the, the trending uh, uh, page if if you're trending, or get getting like um, uh, demonetized, etc. So so one 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 of those. So this 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 is very this relates uh, to that uh, the 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 the, um, the first part of our conversation because the uh, obviously obviously um, the, if the government does not want to get some information out about let's say it's masks. Um, uh, being a, a very effective tool uh, to save lives, and some journalists or some researchers are coming out on YouTube and saying, "No, that's wrong. This is the right information." Uh, there's obviously a motive for the government to go in and say, "Well, you know, don't, don't, don't uh, take that down or censor that or whatever." And so I'm sure there. I mean, it's no secret. The government definitely coordinates with these tech companies to do uh, sort of a. I guess uh, misinformation or disinformation or censorship, um, which is very, uh, very uh, serious. Um, but I'm, I mean, no, no one can prove anything. Obviously, there's no smoking gun. But it's no secret that uh, that's kind of what's going on, right? I mean, I, I feel like that's so. In India, um, is there is there such what's happening in India, like as far as like uh, the censorship stuff? So we are already seeing a whole lot of censorship, like. Um, typically, what we see is in Instagram, right? Um, and this is uh, multiple, not just mine, but many other people's experience too. So you have uh, uh, hate speech policies, and as a Googler who has learned hate speech policies, I can understand. I can simply make the difference between what someone is writing and what someone is not writing. Now the issue with this is that when we try to report that on, say, for example, an Instagram, now that's the social channel that I spend, platform that I spend a lot more of my time on in terms of the information activism that I do. Now, here, when you try and report those channels or report those posts or report those comments or profiles, and more, a lot of these profiles are, are fake profiles that are created by. Um, the, the IT cell of our ruling party is called the BJP IT cell, Information Technology cell, literally. And you literally cannot report them because the minute you start reporting, uh, you report it, within 30 seconds, Instagram comes back and tell you, "I'm sorry, they may be calling you the worst things, like they're bullying you, they are hating on you, they're spewing hate about you, they're literally harassing you, but still, it doesn't come under a hate speech policy." But having said that, and if and 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 I can challenge this to anyone. Go through any of my posts and any of my comments. I'm a very. I never use profanity. I never use, you know, uh, jarring language because I believe in making coalitions. But even then, I get shadow banned all the time. So if I try and make comments on uh, a trending group, right, I start getting cream. So I, that's why I I I have been. That's why. Taking screenshots and keeping it safe. Yes. So that yes, I can, yes, I can yes. have this documentation the day I can have this conversation with someone saying, "Why are you doing this?" Because I am not allowed to post. I can't comment on the post. Okay. Then uh, I also see now issue things like in the last two days, BBC has been putting out uh, some information that is talking about underreporting. Now, typically, if you see a IGTV video. You can basically post it directly to your story. 
right it will obviously show you just the the the, the sticker of it and you can click on it and then it will take you to the post but on the first very very damning stories of videos that say a bbc india is putting up or even ndtv which is one of india's homegrown channels is putting up you're not able to share that directly into your stories anymore and that's very very wow. concerning because right now we need all the right information we get we need to know what's happening on the ground because our government is polarizing us further and further in the midst of a pandemic tell, tell me So tell me something this is my my own little i mean I, i've had a few uh, i've been doing i've been doing um i've been doing a little bit of a or a lot i've been doing a lot of a um uh, commentary um and what i do sometimes is i'll go to somebody's account that's progressive or that's um yeah. that i that i think is a, a doing doing a uh, an important uh, progressive uh, journalistic endeavor and so i go sometimes i go in the comments And what happens sometimes in those comments is that somebody will say something uh, that that is obviously like a talking point that that's not it's it's like a bot or it's like yeah. a paid account or something because you you go you go to their profile and it's like a, they have like two followers and zero posts yeah. and like they're following like a thousand people or something and they don't have a profile picture or, or they have like a generic uh, little photo. Yeah. Um, sometimes those commenters um, they'll go under and they'll say they'll say something. Um, And so sometimes I'll go in there and I'll have uh uh conversations with those bots which is probably not a smart thing to do but sometimes I'll say I'll point something out and I've had a couple of times uh happen to me that those bots like the people or whoever ran ran that account um basically like uh went on my page and posted uh, uh hateful comments on my posts or uh or kind of, you know so so I've had a few like interactions and, and I, so I've successfully sort of like uh, trolled uh, these accounts because uh, a couple of times like one time I had a long conversation with somebody and they got really mad because I made the, the rebuttals or the points that I made were like basically yeah. um pretty scathing and kind of uh I don't know like I I kind of like <laughs> I kind of won the argument on the public forum So yeah. they got really really mad and they started calling me names. Um so but w- what I noticed uh, after after a few weeks of doing some of that um I noticed that on my stories when I post a story um on Instagram that my all of my emojis are warped. So when I whenever I try to post an emoji of like a happy face or uh or whatever yeah they're 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 warped like uh sort of like slanted like like they don't they don't look correct. So my emojis do not look um correct or accurate they look like distorted emojis and all, all of my stories i can't i don't know what i have no idea how to change that i've already i've restarted instagram i restarted my phone and that so that's now permanent so yeah i know so so i was thinking well that that in the beginning when i started using instagram it was all my emojis were okay they were fine but um i started posting some emojis um you know so to accentuate, accentuate my my posts and i noticed that some of my emojis uh, started looking like they weren't looking like emojis they just looked warped and i'll send you some screenshots at some point but yeah. but i just thought that was kind of weird i i thought that i mean I, I, again i'm not a i'm probably like being a conspiracy person right now but i i thought i mean if you wanted to if you wanted to subtly discourage or discredit somebody for posting certain content uh making their emojis like like basically destroying their ability destroying their ability to post emojis might be a way to get them to become discouraged now fortunately for me most of the stuff i do is uh ju- is is just writing 
uh, you know, so letters, words, so or pictures. So I'm not really, I'm not really like mad about it, but I do think it's kind of a uh, it, it's a little upsetting sometimes. Use gifs. Gifs are a very very good uh, response to emojis. I mean, I use a lot of I use gifs um, on uh, my opinion stories that I put up essentially. It's like I have your stories which are essentially um, how do you say uh, stories that I picked up and I'm adding my commentary to it and I'm putting it out with the sources and everything so people know that this is the kind of story yeah. you're uh, reading and this is the publication where mm-hmm. the story has come from then of course based on the stories I also have these blank slides with my writing on it where I typically use yeah, yeah. to create more you know to add my own personal what I'm feeling what I'm going through right um, that kind yeah, of personalization yeah. to it um, uh, in terms of um, uh, 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 them discouraging you to post and stuff well uh, uh, I, I can assure you that there are so many other tools that we are not even aware of that we have not even come to terms with that are already being used you know whether we are in you are in the US or I'm in I'm in India because at the end of the yeah, day yeah, no, the company the company <laughs> yeah. is the same right so um, unfortunately yeah. that's what it is like WhatsApp in India is, is one of the biggest threats of or right sorry how do I say it the, the source was the maximum misinformation that like people have gotten killed because of the misinformation that has been thrown out on whatsapp every day my own parents are radicalized because of whatsapp like I they get forwards from their friends who get forwards from some other friends and some other unknown people and these are all like a, a forward machine that is just gurgling you know regurgitating bad information out into the public domain like nobody's business so um, for right. us in India we specifically see that Instagram is used to to decelerate people who are trying to use um, you know even uh, do factual thinking and free speech and when I say free speech I don't mean free shit speech I mean free speech that is actually making uh, you know uh, giving information out to people uh, on WhatsApp you see the barrage of bad information that is being thrown out. Facebook, the are it has just become a a middle ground between the two, you know, where um, again a lot of bad information is posted out, and Zuckerberg does not still have a fact-checking way of it. And I find it extremely, extremely. I mean, having worked worked with these blue chip companies, having worked closely with their policies, I am absolutely flummoxed stunned, disappointed, disgusted that they themselves can come up with a fact-checking service that can essentially just tag a bad story from a good story. I don't get it. Right, right. So, so the, the, yeah, the def- definitely a lot of uh, money being funneled into uh, campaigns to discredit um, certain, certain, uh, certain like actors or cer- certain voices. Um, and also kind of uh, present uh, information that is uh, sort of like like fake uh, or or you know information that comes from from official sources uh, you know like mainstream sources that uh, is that is more truthful or more uh, trusted quote unquote uh, trusted than than uh, regular normal uh, citizen voices or or alternative alternative media uh, voices. So l- l- let me close out with this. Okay, just to give you and to the listeners, the one little hack that I found was um, the every two three weeks uh, my account gets massively decelerated and I have to like work all over back again to make sure that my audience who follow my stories very closely 
get the information and this is the reason why i had i have created this entire format for doing it which is if there is any story that i want to put out it always comes with the sources so if i were to ever get into a tussle with instagram i would feel like this is information that is available publicly information that is available from the best outlets so you know like it's not misinformation that has been sent, sent out through with, with no source because source becomes the mm-hmm. problem um second is that tagging when you are writing something at an opinion always tagging that okay this is your opinion so that people also you know because as uh, if people start listening to people like us more we don't want them to you know start thinking that even we are the bible i want them to also go back and research the information even we are putting out because i'm like go no that's that right. good practice i i'm happy for you to come and challenge my information based on facts that you can find see what i can learn and i can better mm-hmm. so uh, source right, information right. is one of the ways where you can uh, like every three weeks uh, instagram is not able to control the information spread that is coming from me tries and tries and tries and it then it's like okay fine you know what you can't do much with this woman so yeah that that that's how so go, so let, let me um so and you know i'm actually having a little bit of problem uh, trouble uh, following you here so what 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 specifically do you mean every three weeks and what are, what are what are you talking about when you talk about the like keeping up with you and as far as the uh the little hack like well, how does that work how does that work i i used to see a very very large number of story views on my instagram and every 2 3 weeks i see my story views come down from uh, by about 200x like if i was seeing about 700 oh. story views i started seeing only 30 and i'm like okay wow. what is happening wow, yeah. and then it takes me a seen that yeah. on average every week uh, my story views start increasing so it goes from 30 to 45 to about again uh, 70 then about 80 90 and then it starts going above the 100 150 200 level so so is this is this because you're posting a lot of story is, is are you just posting a lot of stories and kind of uh, fooling the algorithm in a sense or like how, how does how does that work basically again sorry so so no no that's absolutely okay so so ideally whatever story you post it reaches a certain amount of audience it reaches uh it reaches organically and it reaches to people who are following you so they will always get to see what you're posting especially because the feed is programmatic right um in ways um mm-hmm. if you are constantly switching on to someone's story you def- definitely in all space i mean they don't make a big fat of it but from my understanding of how things the dopamine effect works around in even inside uh, those stories typically are shown to you what has happened is the organic reach of my stories has been decelerated massively which means that people who know me who are hooked to my stories are the only people who are getting it my story is not getting out of that bubble and it is only when these people the people who are uh, tuned into my stories and they make they, they literally all of them uh, take the pains now to start you know like taking screenshots and start putting out the stories when i start seeing again the the the, the you know uh, views on oh people. yeah yeah right so so then so then you you kind of you kind of rely on people to reshare your story or your post 
and then it goes and then it, and then then you reach more people okay okay, okay. there's one interesting okay. thing the location tag does not work a lot of time so what do you what do i mean by the location tag so say for example um there is something terrible that was happening that's happening in delhi okay or india currently in my location tag there are times where i'm able to add india to my story okay the location tag in mm-hmm. but of in the past 2 3 months that tag is not available the between the delhi pogrom that i was talking to you about oh yeah 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 find the delhi location tag because the minute you add the location tag then again organically through that location tag also people are able to see my story who were not typically seeing my story and that reach their so um i'm sure you are you know i'm sure you're already familiar with this but one one of the things or one of the ways that um i I've seen, I, i mean i've seen people talk about this but so what, what, have you ever tried the uh, like the feature that counts uh, or doing like basically like interacting with with bigger accounts that are kind of aligned with your um um uh, your mission and then getting them to uh repost uh, some of your stuff like either organically or or maybe like getting a shout out and like does that work even like if if somebody with a big account uh I'm guessing your story it works. or your I'm guessing it works but I don't I typically I'm like you know people who are listening to this information and if they think this information needs to be shared they'll do that they, they'll do their bit I I don't like you know reaching out to people unless so like when I lost when I launched the the million mask challenge in India right I actually wrote to a lot of these accounts telling them could you please reshare this uh, and I don't typically do this you know can you please give me a shout out I hate doing it yeah. <laughs> I'm not I I yeah, yeah. extremely um unnerving and I don't know I I I feel very weird asking someone to give me a shout out I'm like if you think that my story yeah. worth a shout out that it's it's completely your call it's a democratic world do what you want to but when yeah. I did I did yeah. not get the response I didn't even get the response to even say hello okay what what is this and i said okay you know what i mean people can only help to whatever level they can help i can't you know beat about the bushes oh because no one helped i couldn't do it i'm not that kind of a person uh, they, so, i didn't get a yeah. shout out i found other ways of finding a shout out i got some pr articles uh, done then i myself uh, got in touch with other partners and stuff and uh, yeah. uh, i mean you know the good word always spreads so okay Um and so to close out the conversation here because I'm 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 uh, I have yeah. to go <laughs> soon. But, yeah. Uh let let me let me, let me just ask you um about about that. I mean uh, you launched the million mask challenge challenge in India. Uh so can you can you uh for for the audience for listeners can you go can you go over that and what that is um and uh, what the goal is and how how what what, yeah. what is the million mask uh challenge? So so I uh, since I have been following COVID since Jan uh i have been follow, been following also chris martinson about you know his take on the mask and that's the first thing that we discussed right government saying don't buy masks and chris martinson saying that's stupid you should be wearing masks you know that's the basic thing to do and then the right. Czech republic case study came out where even under the lockdown uh, one of the essential services that was kept open was fabric stores and the town because the, the government made it mandatory for everyone to wear masks when they're stepping out but the, the the unique problem that in india we face is that 
um not just outside places a public places but even inside a house could be literally a public space because you have say just two rooms and five people living in the two rooms so how do you effectively social distance right in in, in just two rooms so right. which is right. the reason why i came i reached out to the national institute of fashion design and uh, that is in india nist we call it um because i realized that you know if i have to mobilize a movement like this i need to reach out to people who already have uh, the materials to start off you know the the sewing machines the fabric and the know how to get started very quickly um a student from nist priyankar sen gupta he's my he's my right hand man and my left hand man both okay and he's basically been helping me reach out to more and more of these um individuals fashion designers students and everyone who are basically now starting to make masks at home for us and we have boots on the ground who are basically uh, delivering them to the places that need the aid the most these are densely populated areas in india at risk densely populated areas let me put it that way and also i have gotten brands on board uh, who have really amped up the production in fact uh, one of our brands has committed to making 100000 masks for free for us uh we have already in the past 9 or 10 days hit our target of about close to 45000 masks of which about 40000 masks are already distributed so um yeah. it was about just you know creating a system where people are able to uh, in between the lockdown make and distribute for free so um that's okay so so i i, I asked you that question more for the audience but i mean i i i looked at your post uh so i i was familiar with this um yeah. um so i so this is my this is my next question okay so um to close out is a nice a nice place to to close out and kind of a um <laughs> because i i think that what i i think that i think that uh i think that uh people need to be uh people we need to take radical ownership of uh, our future okay so i think that yeah. what we're doing you and i right, right now is is Um I have to I have to imagine this is being done all all over the world. I think people are, are probably uh again because people are so hungry for information and, and they want to they want to uh not not just connect with others but also uh feel a sense that they're empowered or they're um they're getting uh they're they're, they're able to do something about the situation uh, even though it seems like very little can be done etc. So one one thing that I want to ask you about is is there um so is there any um um possibility or room for uh branding or um activism let's say about the garments that people wear so as to signify what what their priorities are so so okay so i, I was thinking this okay this is hear me out so I was at the grocery store today okay so this yeah. is the you know a grocery store you see people with a black black mask and then you see people with a um uh white mask usually it's white or or black yeah. um and so what i do uh when i go to the grocery store or when i go in public when i have to go when i'm forced to go outside and go into the world and uh inter- interact um i usually joke i mean I, i don't get close to people but i'll joke from a distance if i see if i'm wearing a black a black mask and i see somebody wearing a black mask too and there's fewer people that wear a black black mask uh, in some places um i'll 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 point at them and say hey whoa we're we're the same we're the same ninja clan bro 
or like we're in the same clan and usually i get a laugh because you know because like the masks look a little bit like you're like a ninja or you're undercover or something yeah. so it's it's it always gets to laugh like i say that joke and people kind of laugh okay yeah. so a couple of times a couple of times i've um got got into conversations with people organically yeah. from that joke okay. because um like for example today i i came up to somebody and uh i said i said the joke i said oh wow we're in the same plan that they laughed and then they said something about whoa like kind of crazy crazy situation blah 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 yeah. so then i kind of i mean i, I mean so I, i took it as an opportunity to sort of engage and talk and like uh maybe maybe i came on a little strong because i was like well you know we're in the same plan we're in the same we're in the same we're in the same boat we're in the same uh social uh clan and we're uh you know we should be really, we're all in this together and so you know I brought it back to politics and to activism and to the uh I talked a little bit about the CARES Act and and so it was it was a good conversation but um uh I think that uh there so so then I I mean so then I made this other connection I I said I I thought well uh the French um had the yellow vest movement um as a way to uh signify that they were part of a movement that was uh um uh, you know uh t- trying to address their government um and they and it was a very uh famous global sort of symbol the, the yellow vest and i think i think it spread to other places too so i was thinking uh what about uh like uh the yellow mask movement so if you wear a yellow mask uh somebody first of all you'd have to find like you have to find like the fabric and the, the the ability to to have a yellow mask or maybe like a border or something stone so, so where it looks like a like a like a mask or or somehow uh, denotes uh the yellow vest movement but so, so or it doesn't have to be yellow either it just it could be any color but i think i think uh a way to signify that if you wear this color or if you wear this design on your mask um you are part of the you are part of the uh the clan that is trying to push for certain reforms or certain ideas uh etc so what do you what do you think about that possibility so i think in a country like us um that's something you guys can do uh should do i think in india right we are uh, call it coincidence or whatever <laughs> our current brand partners neeroos uh, who's been an amazing helping hand in this movement uh, they've been making a lot of pink masks and we are <laughs> that's why we have a lot of people now suddenly at least in the, the essential workers the cops and the disenfranchised communities the transgender communities they're wearing our pink masks and the pink is slowly becoming the symbol of our movement but we are keeping the politics uh-huh. out of it in india because you know these people who are we're giving the mask to right they currently too worried about their food for me to you know push anything else on them yeah, right, right. there yeah. more for them so we want them to be just a part of the the movement to keep us safe that's all to start with as long as we can right the the yeah It's like we're taking over the world. Look at that for you. It's getting this together. This yeah, one step. step. Yeah. Yeah, one step before the other. So the so the uh uh the, just, just getting so I think I because things kind of move uh sort of there, there's there's new concepts uh that that sort of call for new content. So I think that uh more people wearing more people wearing more masks means that eventually it becomes a mainstream thing. Everybody wears a mask. So then that's a contest. So then content is then people start getting creative because now everybody wears a mask. So then people could people could attach even like a little pin, like a little, you know, those those little push pins or like the little um 
uh, I forget what they're called. Those things you put on a backpack that have like this like, little round pin that you put on, uh, uh, like buttons, you know, like buttons. Um, so you could have people putting like, uh, you know, a button with a website or a button with some kind of uh, symbol uh, that signifies uh, uh, some kind of allegiance to a populist or to a pro-human human rights um, 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 uh, movement. So yeah. I, th- I think so. Right now, uh, you, so you have you have a you you want to make the mask mainstream, and but then I think the next step once they become mainstream would be to try to. Uh, Try to use the masks as a symbol as well. Um, so we already have movements uh, that are so like a prime minister. He has himself started, you know, the Mask India movement, right? Where everyone make their own mm-hmm. masks at home. Um, having said that, mm-hmm. the problem is that there are people who are not even able to afford food to eat. So I don't expect them to have clothing that they can around say use. You know, they don't have bandanas and scarves. Please, these people are like you know in in such. Terrible conditions at this point in time. They're eating food yeah. in two to three, three days, literally. That that that's how. So, yeah. So I, um, I, I, yeah, I, I feel horrible now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, are, we are not going after the mainstream set of people at all. We are going after the disenfranchised and the marginalized communities and our frontline workers. Frontline workers, meaning your cops, the families of uh, your uh, the health workers at home, uh, the orphanages and stuff. Right. These are the areas. The areas yeah. that no one is talking about, we want them to be getting the masks. And uh, Mr. Modi can do his PR, his yeah. whatever, with the rest of the. I mean, honestly. Well, so, okay. So, yeah. So, so he, he, this is this this is why. Okay. So I'm gonna. Uh, I feel a little bit like you know maybe I'm blinded by my my lack of uh, awareness about what's going on in India. Obviously, obviously, but yeah. but this is this is part of why this is part of why I think it's important to find a way. To preempt the PR, so 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 you mentioned Modi is doing like some kind of PR with with this stuff. So I think that um, anticipating where uh, these people do like that's what I'm saying. It could be as simple or as easy as like a little symbol that you can put it with a sharpie on a mask. So it's not really it's very accessible. Just you know black marker and you put the yeah. symbol on it. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't have to. Go, I mean, I th- I think I think in India it could be like, well, you put a symbol, and that's sort of your opposition to the uh, what, you know PR or whatever uh, that uh, Modi is trying to do. But then, like you said, so then in America might be a little bit more uh, privileged uh, or privileged enough to be able to design their own yellow mask. That, that, yeah. uh, um, so that, that might be more of an avenue. But I, but I feel like uh, I don't want them yeah. getting targeted. I'm scared for their lives already. I don't want me pushing any movement agenda on them, get, making them, you know, putting them at any risk. What if tomorrow the government decides to go after people wearing that this kind of mask, right? I just want the mask to that kind of mask, right? Yeah. So I, I, that's why I have to be extremely careful about wow. just making sure that they are safe. That's it. That's that's all I want to do. Making sure that they, we are able to help them cut transmission. That's all. That is the only and only goal of our movement. That people who are disenfranchised and marginalized, marginalized across communities. Like no one's talking about the transgender set. The uh, pe- people in India. There's a huge, huge amount of transgender population in India, uh, and this population is uh, 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 not very well to do. You know, they are they are begging on roads. This is that level of you know destitution that they typically face. So between this pandemic, I all I want them to do is be safe. That's it. Be care for them. That's all. Okay. Okay. That's that's. 
that's fair enough. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I, uh, I defer, and I, and I think that, um, you know, you're seeing the situation on the ground, and you have way more. Uh, obviously, you're, you're there, and so you have a, you have that sensibility and that, um, color, color that awareness. Color, color, for us, become quite a, quite a symbolic color. <laughs> the light, baby pink color. We think cops wearing those masks, and these were cops, you know, who were having, uh, who were uh, doing a whole lot of police brutality. uh not actually still happening in a lot of places but still, you know it's like we have been kind of able to get the protesters and the cops kind of in the same in a, in a very not telling them guys this is happening but in a very symbolic way because you see the subtle like a subtle also. symbolic yes. yeah symbolism okay 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 that's putting the same pink masks and we are like you know some place you are you are get together okay okay so no, that's this is so this is all very i mean we'll see, we'll see where we are in like you know a few months like um because i mean there's always human people always have some something creative and beautiful to um to contribute so i wouldn't be surprised if there's some some kind of symbolic like uh um sort of a symbol or or yeah. movement with, with the actual mass because you know pe- people have uh pe- pe- people use fashion for to make a statement all the time and that's kind of a you know the 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 humanity or the autonomy to be able to say something yeah. on a piece of garment that you're that you're basically forced to wear like everywhere yeah. uh might be that might be an interesting interesting uh, uh yes canvas. Um, at some point yes when it really so we want to yeah. we've, we've done like 40000 masks up until now um we want to be have a challenge of a dream of rather 1 million marks but our moon shot is actually a million mark per state that's 29 million marks in all and yeah maybe once wow. hit that 29 million mark level uh, i think you know without me or any of us having to set that i think it automatically becomes uh, organic feeling between people that okay you know someone yeah. is looking out for us that's about it just knowing that they know that they're yeah. they're there for them you know like we're there looking yeah. out for them I think that's enough. And with with the nitpicks, right? They are what they're doing is they're doing some sort of to just spread a smile. Uh, they're making some very funny certain of some of the masks, you know. Like I, I tell the nitpicks that you know, however long you're able to hit the scale, if in some of the things you want to add a little bit of hand stitching, you want to add, you know, they, they some of them have put some animals on it, you know, just to make a kid smile, yeah. your mother smile. You want to bring yeah. a face. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't even I didn't even think of that. That's that's how um, you know I don't I don't have kids, and so uh, I just the fact that you brought up yeah. ju- well, just the fact that you brought up uh, kids. I mean, that's that's a that's a, a whole other um, group of people that that uh, I mean this this moment. I mean, I really I feel really uh, uh, just I mean it kind of breaks my heart when I see, especially when I see young parents uh, with kids and uh, out and about, and the kids. I mean, the kids have no idea. Yeah. Uh, what this means. I mean, they they know that something's a little different, but they're not. Uh, you know, <laughs> they're not. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're they're just kind of uh, they're experiencing this uh, at a at a more um, uh, I guess like a cleaner version of it. Like they're not aware of all the horrible, crazy uh, things that are going on, and and maybe that's maybe that's good. I don't know, but I, I feel like um, I feel bad for um, you know that 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 section of the population that. Um, that that is you know unfortunately suffering gonna be suffering a lot from uh food insecurity and all these 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 things uh that we're talking about um so um so what 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 are, what are the numbers um 
as far as the mailing mass challenge, what, what, what is an estimate of your how successful you've been as far as the uh, the numbers? Like how many how many masks uh, do you guys have you guys made? We had a initial target of about 500 masks in a week, but in the first week itself, we were able to hit about 14,000. Um, and uh, wow! Yeah, up until up until date, which has been about 10 to 11 days, not more than that. We have started this, and we have already distributed close to 35,000 masks. And we already have produced about about close to forty two thousand marks. So yeah. So how do you let me let me ask you? Uh, so I'm I'm about to have a conversation. This is so I'm gonna close with this. I'm gonna ask you for advice, and then we're gonna we're gonna end the, the podcast. <laughs> I think uh, so I have to go, but yeah. but I'm sorry. I mean uh, I, I uh, we've been talking for about two uh, two hours. So uh, plus the intro, but so, and I could go for like two more hours, but I really have to go to bed. Um, but my my last my, my, I'm gonna ask you personal advice. So I'm gonna give you some background. So I'm gonna. I'm about to have a conversation, um, not a phone conversation, but I have an email uh, correspondence that I've started with um, both with Kim Iverson, the, the journalist that um, that I spoke about or that's been doing the, the journalism about the uh, COVID, etc. Um, I have, uh, she replied to one of my messages and I think, I think I'm going to draft another uh, message uh, so that she can uh, maybe possibly get the word out about some of this. And so the other person I'm talking to or in conversation with is um, this woman uh, named Trinity Tran. She uh, on Instagram she is at um, at transcends. That's T R A N dot uh, S C E N D S. Uh, so she's one of the uh, the pioneers, I would say, uh, the, uh, of the uh, public banking movement um, okay. here in in California. Um, and so what she did is she, uh, alongside other people. Um, other uh, activists. Uh, she got the governor of California to sign uh, the first uh, in the books, like in, in the in, in the codified in the in the law in California, okay. uh, the ability to for California to have public banks, public banking okay. uh, institutions. So I think I think that makes uh, I might be wrong, but I, I believe that makes California the second or third. Uh, states to have uh, public banking. I guess the majority or most states do not have that. Um, obviously, the reasons, obviously, you know, big banks don't want public banks. Uh, they want all the money to be uh, in their institutions and not anywhere else. They don't want to lose any, they don't want to see a dilution of their power, um, obviously. So um, public banks, um, so so anyway, so this, this these are two people that are very, uh, I would say, um, on the bleeding, cutting-edge, avant-garde, maybe uh, uh, political sort of a uh, forward-looking, progressive um, 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 movement. Yeah. Uh, and 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 so I want to ask them, or I want to maybe, or maybe I, I so I want to know, like, what advice would you have for me in getting something like the New In Mass movement, uh, maybe maybe exported, <laughs> exported out to the U.S. And maybe, and you know, maybe we could, maybe we could call it the Million Mass March as well, and it's just the U.S. version of it, but it kind of it's like a sister movement or yeah, uh, yeah. a parallel uh, movement uh, that that's sort of uh, inspired by you guys. But so, what, how, how, what ways, um, knowing what you know about the political scene uh, in the U.S., um, what, what kind of ways do you think that we could do it here? I don't see any worries apart from the fact that. Uh, Actually, it's not even a worry. Uh, I, I mean, I'm hoping. So I, I saw recently that even uh, the the Gucci and Prada, uh, their 
their fabric stores right uh, their factories yeah. for the you know fabric production they are basically now making masks out of so we india actually has not reached that level yet uh, we are actually bringing in okay. we are feeling to the humanitarian side and we are telling them please help us please help india your your country needs you that that's our tagline your country really needs you right now and um, uh, uh, there uh, you you know in terms of the us uh, the the homeless people are someone i think where you guys could make a difference that's the tg i would definitely because the homeless people in in the us are 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 who are at the precipice of it and i'm not sure how many masks they are getting if you could run some numbers and understand how to basically help that community to start with first and then from there kind of move top up and see who are the other disenfranchised and marginalized communities who do not who have the means to make their own masks because the DIY mask movement has taken off quite swiftly in US Christian Siriano himself has launched the 100 million mask challenge but a lot of the masks that they're making are also going to the health uh, uh, and the essential workers so my thing is that if uh, essential yeah yeah so the essential workers again is going to be a very very big so i i would say the homeless people the essential workers who are still working in malls and stuff are uh, just going to be a, that's one of the other things we're doing they're going and just handing out masks to our guards to the various people whenever if we get a delivery home they're giving away four five masks to them so that they are able to also yeah. start wearing so it's about decentralization of the distribution of masks so start off with the homeless and the essential workers they need the masks as well Got it, got it. And I and I think I mean I, I think there's probably um, there's certainly uh, uh, groups that are pushing for that. But I I, I like the idea of sort of a um, branding or uh, yeah. yeah, you know making yeah yeah like 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 branding it uh, or sort of a making it like a, a movement or or something that's kind of a you know so that people kind of uh, get involved and and, yeah. and, and yeah. etc. Yeah, it's a brilliant so, idea. So, So it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. So in a sense, in a in a sense, I think what um, I mean, I think I think what I get from from that answer is that uh, in, in some ways, like the U.S. does not necessarily need uh, a million mask uh, movement. Um, I mean, they they do. The, so so I think we 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 would focus on getting getting masks uh, to the homeless, and so that 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 might be a good way to uh, yeah um, frame that movement. But I feel because because that that is true. There's a lot of uh, Uh, I mean, everywhere I went today this morning, everybody was wearing a mask. Like I was actually, I was actually amazed that everybody had a mask. I, I saw one person without a mask, and I, I asked, because okay, so this is, I went to a grocery store and everybody was wearing a mask, and one of the cashiers, this young lady, uh, the young woman, wasn't. And so I mean, I had an extra mask, so I was gonna give her an extra mask, but apparently she didn't. Um, she just didn't want to wear it. <laughs> so. So then I was, uh, I felt really bad. I felt really bad, but I, I went to her manager and I said, "Hey, um, you know, your employee over here, she's not wearing a mask, and you know, I just want to make sure that uh, I don't want to get her in trouble. But I mean, I want to kind of uh, point out that one of your employees is not wearing a mask, and everybody should be wearing a mask, you know, uh, especially since the uh, the um, I, I believe Garcetti and so I mean that that's now uh, in 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 LA, everybody, Los Angeles, everybody has to wear a mask that goes out in public, and you cannot enter." Uh, any essential business, um, you cannot enter a business or, or go inside a place without a mask now. So yeah. uh, people not wearing masks are basically, you know, they're <laughs> they're spreading disease or they're uh, they're at risk. And you're risking their their health, but also every, everyone they come into contact later, etc., etc. So I kind of uh, I felt bad about doing it, but I just felt like 
Like, I mean, come on, if you don't have a mask, I'll give you a mask. But then if you don't want to wear a mask, then that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's a little, that's, that's a little unacceptable almost. The challenge even we are facing and we're working how to fix that. We're getting them the masks and apparently the, 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 uh, uh, we're getting the feedback from our boots on the ground. These amazing set of people who are doing crazy work on the front lines, by the way. And these are not common officials. These are just students and activists who are feeding India at this point in time and masking India at this point. And um, they're saying that, you know, when they come into the area, they see them wearing the masks and then they don't wear the mask. So we are trying to see how we can get them more... Um, you know, like, you know, you should be wearing a mask or like, you know, having regional uh, campaigns around that because we have so many different languages also that it's important to reach the, the marginalized in the language that feel comfortable understanding and registering that and saying that, you know, guys, wear the mask, please wear the mask. It's a request. We're doing everything we can to help you. All you need to do to help us back is wear the mask. Right. Right. So, um... Okay, well, I think I think uh, this has been uh, again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, thank for, you. for this conversation and for yeah. for your time and for your input and for um, all the work you're doing. So um, this was awesome. Very, very. Uh, I feel really um, uh, like I learned a lot. I feel like I learned a lot. A lot of it is. Over, I'm gonna have to listen to this podcast again and uh, go over some of the things you pointed out because you you brought up a lot of information. Uh, I'm gonna try to ignore my my voice because I feel like I went on a lot of tangents uh, and this is my first ever podcast ever so I learned so much from you I mean it's a, it's a, it's a constant learning process right yeah, to, to, to the listeners, I would say, uh, I'm sorry, this is my first podcast, so um, uh, give me a break, okay? <laughs> so, um, thank you so much. Uh, ha- have a have a beautiful, uh, what is it, what is the, the time over here? Right now it's uh, 3, what is it, uh, oh God, it's 4, <laughs> it's 4 a.m., 4.15 a.m. What's the time in India right now? It, it's about uh, 4.45 p.m. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so good afternoon and... Uh, yes. I guess good evening over here. So uh, have a have a beautiful have a beautiful dinner, um, and uh, yeah, hope to do this again sometime. Um, uh, you know, whenever you want to have me on, or maybe I could maybe I could have you on my podcast. I'm, I think I'm gonna start mine. I don't know. Yes, yes, we'll you should. You should. <laughs> you're 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 really good. All right. It's easy to talk to you. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I try to. Yeah, I try. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts too. So. Uh, I feel like I, I'm getting, a, I get a little bit of a, I, I have gotten a little bit of a training on, on how people do podcasts, so I, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of trying to, to mimic some of that, uh, etc. But thank you so much. Have a, have a good uh, day and uh, keep fighting, keep fighting. And, uh, thank and you so much. You have, you have a good night's sleep, <laughs> whatever is left of it. <laughs> yeah. Dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Alrighty. Thank you yeah. so much. Have a good one. You too. Mm, bye. Ciao. Bye.